arrested in high school. <coughs> Josie Gillen, you enrolled Friday. You are looking at the newest undercover reporter for the Chicago Sun Times. <laughs> You're kidding, right? Josie, do you remember high school? Josie, 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 Josie. So dorky. Big deal. You get to be 17 again. <laughs> Shakespeare's as you like it. Are you sure you're 17? I'm 17. <laughs> of course. She's never been hip. Oh. This is where the stories are. She's never been cool. You'll become friends with these people. Houston, Kristen, Gibby. What's up, girlfriends? Are you in special ed? And she's never been sexy. You'll party with them. Ugh. You'll rave with them. You're gonna get jiggy with them. Until now. All you need is one person to think you're cool and you're in. You can't just come in here, be popular in one day. Where do you guys know that girl of Josie Keller? She used to date the drama from the Big Bad Voodoo Daddies. Shut up. It's true. So let's hear it. I'm not Josie Grossy anymore. Century Fox presents. Guy is totally crunching on you. Drew Barrymore. Do I want to be crunched? Oh yeah. In a story about getting a second chance. I've waited my whole life to fit in, and I finally feel like I do. To make a first impression. You've been hiding something from everyone. No, I haven't. You totally ripped off my Malibu Barbie idea. Uh uh, I'm disco Barbie. I've kissed guys. I just. When you're my age, guys will be lined up around the block for you. You have to say that because you're my teacher. Actually, I shouldn't say that because I'm your teacher. Hey, Mary. Hey, Helia. Knock, knock. Who's there? You. You who? Yeah, it's time for our next episode of Tall the Wrong Cows I Loved Before. <laughs> that did not go. I thought it was like going in a chocolate milk direction. So. <laughs> oh, speaking of chocolate milk, we all now know, I hope, yeah. to never wear white pants when you drink chocolate oh milk. Oh my God. Or after Labor Day or ever for those white pants, right? Like those, yeah. Not after 1980, whatever. Now, if you have no clue what we're referencing right now, we are referencing, making multiple references to the movie, um, Never Been Kissed. Never Been Kissed. With Drew Barrymore. So um, I'm Helia. And Mary. And this is our, our podcast to all the rom-coms I've loved before, where we'll discuss classic romantic comedies, um, talk about the scenes, the casting, and... Um, we're actually going to do something different this time where we'll, we're going to talk about our favorite moments, let the, um, kind of let the conversation go. And then the second half of the show, I'm going to hit our guests and our hosts um, with lightning round questions. So we're going to see how this goes. If people like it, we may stick with this as our new um, outline. So yeah. And with that, I'm going to introduce our guests for today's show, our friend Carissa. Hi, Carissa. Hello. So why don't you tell <laughs> Hello, us a little bit Anna. about yourself, your relationship with rom-coms and pot <laughs> or podcasts, and maybe even, I think you requested um, this movie. 
Yes. Yes. So I, first of all, I love podcasts to the point where I think I have like 50 different podcasts in, <laughs> downloaded yes. to my phone at all times. Yes, that's us. <laughs> and uh, yes. And secondly, rom-coms um, have always had a special place in my heart, but especially during the pandemic, because I really can't take any sort of bad or trying yeah. feeling. Yeah. So I'm just yes. like, rom-coms are always light yeah. and funny. <laughs> yeah. People are talking about this new like serial killer show on Netflix. I'm like, listen, 2020. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need, I, I if watched, I want like, something terrifying, I watch animals. the news. Yeah. Yes. I, Yes. Unfortunately, yeah, that's true. Um, so Ron, mm-hmm. so Ron so tell us why you picked this movie and why or and why you wanted to be the guest for this. Cause I know this one this one we okay. reserved for you. So, we we was very clear to us that you yes. need, like this was yes. You, you were like dibs. <laughs> yes. So never been kissed. Uh I felt <laughs> like through my whole time growing up and watching this movie I was like oh my god I'm Drew Barrymore and I was actually a journalism major in college so I felt like I was trying to get into that field and I also at 25 had never been kissed so I was like I'm Drew Barrymore and one day (laughs) well okay I'm gonna want to hear your first uh, kiss story everything about that we're gonna we're all gonna share it, but really quick, oh, yeah. Mary, can you give us a recap of the movie? Yes. Um, so I I'll tell you a little backstory. I know we usually watch these on Amazon Prime, and for some reason I rented it on YouTube. I was like, oh, why don't I pay the same price for worse quality? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did. So my synopsis is the one-liner from YouTube, so it's not super in-depth, but the uh, description of this movie. A young-looking, socially awkward copy editor for the Chicago Sun-Times who yearns to be a reporter accepts an undercover assignment as a high school student and experiences the horrors of being unpopular all over again until she finds a way to turn it around. So that's a little synopsis. Um, Obviously, it's a rom-com because she gets into a sort of entanglement with her high school teacher who is sort of fighting being attracted to her even though he thinks that she's 17. Um, But that's the brief synopsis okay. so why don't we start with carissa i feel like you have a really good first kiss story so well it's it's good because it was so bad <laughs> <laughs> i feel like wait am i wrong i thought everyone's first kiss sucked i thought everyone had a bad yeah story. maybe that's just me no my it sucked. Was, <laughs> it was bad <laughs> i got there's like I a think, period um, where i got sick after every time i kissed someone for the first time i know everybody said that on the kissing Oh was really? Like, <laughs> I was like, ah, hell, that's not normal. <laughs> <laughs> like it's bad. It's sick. That's like someone saying, like, you go to a bad restaurant and someone's like, yeah, I always get food poisoning, and you're like, no, like the food is bad. Like, <laughs> it was like a ton. Like it was like for years, and every time I kissed a guy for the first, I'm like, great, now I'm gonna get sick. <laughs> What was in the water in, uh, in that town? It was, it was in Baltimore. It was in New York. I don't know. Maybe my immune system was just, my parents kept me too sheltered. Anyway, we keep coming. Carissa, your story. You are actually Drew Barrymore. You are actually, did you go undercover? Yes. 
I did not. I did not. I I didn't even get a job in journalism because when we graduated, it was sort of at the height of like unemployment and. <laughs> oh yeah. Were, uh, I should have known during my freshman year of journalism classes. They were like, journalism is a dying art. You need to adapt or die. <laughs> like I should, I should have taken that as a sign. <laughs> It's funny, it's funny you say that because um, we had, um, so Krissa is a dear friend of mine from college and we previously also had Steve um, on the podcast and he was like the editor, but he didn't um, overlap, I don't think with us in college. He's a little bit older than us. Um, and he says that all the time. He's like almost nobody I wrote on the paper with at our school, like still is in journalism. He said that. It's interesting hearing you guys say this because Mm -hmm. as someone who also listens to a lot of podcasts and I listen to a lot of NPR, I'm like, man, journalism is where it's at right now. Like reporting, like maybe now it's like switched to an audio format, but it's still like, like it's still like. I mean, even with journalism, I don't know how much job security there is, but even if you're doing like podcasts, you have to be able to. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, I mean, people still need the news and they need things like information now, especially like in this day and age, and especially with like 2020 and 2021, people are information hungry. And it's not necessarily for good quality, like just as with any other career, like you have high quality journalism and you have like the ones that are just for like clickbait bullshit. So I don't, it's just interesting hearing you guys say this because I kind of had the impression that like, we need good journalists. We do, we do. And I think I just hit that weird gap where it was just like, the, the world was kind of like sinking into this pit of despair yeah. like trying to build itself back up. Yeah. Um, so there wasn't a lot out there. So I kind of like diverted into mental health which is where I've been and there is great job security with mental health in a pandemic I'll tell you that <laughs> <laughs> I was that's, that's very interesting because I was like yeah the world right now needs good journalism uh like if there's anything the world needs more it's good mental health <laughs> I feel, I feel yeah. good for you oh yeah. my god bless I, I you can viewers can't see it but I'm doing the clapping hands on zoom well oh yeah I see, now I see it I've never actually done that <laughs> before I mean, I'm a huge advocate for it. It like getting mental health care, like completely changed my life. So, and it's something I talk about very openly. So good. I really appreciate what you do, Carissa. Yeah, it's really important work. And um, I can definitely see you doing that. I feel like you've always been very good at like um, being understanding of people and being able to relate to people well. Well, let's, all right, let's get back on track with Carissa. This does not get you out of telling us your first story. (laughs) I know you said it's so bad it's good you can can give us readers digest if it's real it was so bad yes (laughs) so um I had gone out dancing with uh my friends a lot and um this very handsome guy was laughing at me because I was doing the robot and I was like (laughs) he just doesn't know style well apparently he was laughing because he thought I was such a good time and he comes Aww. over and he has this accent. He's from Brazil. <gasps> and he's like, oh, I'm a lawyer in Brazil. You're so funny. You're so cute, blah, blah, blah. Ooh. And he asked me for my number. Okay. And then we went on a date. And we went on a date. <clears throat> First of all, he said, oh, my friends are coming to this Brazilian restaurant. So I was like, oh, should I bring my friends too? And he's like, yeah, go ahead. So I awkwardly had two friends with me and him on the <laughs> <laughs> all at the same time. <laughs> 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 
I was like, I did not understand. There's clearly a language barrier here. And so the whole date, he were trying to understand each other. I mean, his English was was good. Oh, did you lose her, Mary? Oh, yeah. Is she muted? Chris, I think you're muted. Oh, there she is. It's unmuted now, it looks like. It's unmuted. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yes. now we can hear you. Okay, you left us with a language barrier. Yes. Oh my God, it's like a cliffhanger. Yeah, it was. <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, there was a little bit of a language barrier and we were just kind of trying to figure that out. And I was <laughs> trying to, you know, do my jokes, which I thought would be great, but <laughs> jokes sometimes only work when you really understand the language. <laughs> so anyways, it was awkward. <laughs> afterwards my friends were like oh we'll go to the bathroom so you can have some alone time as we're walking out and he takes this opportunity to kiss me but it was like tongue down the throat immediately which I was not prepared for and I was like this is this is not Drew Barrymore never been kissed (laughs) this is an attack this is an assault in my throat I did not have any tongue whatsoever in my first kiss. That's that was your first kiss. Tongue down your throat. Oh my God. Very aggressive. Yeah. Well, that is. So did you see him again? <laughs> no, no. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> it was a one-off. I also, I also cried for like five minutes afterwards because I was like, is it me? <laughs> no, that's traumatizing. That's not you. That's really traumatizing. Yeah. Oh my that's God. Actually tra- actually traumatizing oh my god you're like what is yeah. oh my god yeah how long until if you don't mind me asking how long until you had your next kiss so yeah I think I waited until maybe a year and a half later that sounds and, about um, yeah yeah so after I feel like after yeah, a moment like that I'd be way- like oh, it was better yeah <laughs> It was way better, way better. Not knowing anything about it, I'm sure it was better because that's what happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I feel like if I I was was if if I experienced that as my first kiss, exactly, exactly, I would been like, I'm not, uh, I'm not doing this again. (laughs) It would like take a lot of. No, I, I, I completely relate and understand. Like, I, I thought it was horrible because my first time, I guess not kiss, but like making out was horrible. So I was like, oh my god. But yeah, it was just like that first. I remember just realizing that we're effectively letting someone, I was like, I'm letting someone spit in my mouth. So Holly and I have talked about this before. Like if you're not into the person, like kissing's really gross. And I remember making that observation to like someone, you know, I don't know why we were talking about kissing, but someone I was um, on a rotation with in school. And I was like, yeah, kissing's like really gross if you're not into the person. And he was like, well, just don't kiss people you're not into, Mary. (laughs) Sometimes, I mean- I will say I did have a lot I did notice that there was a strong correlation between how much fun I had kissing and how drunk I was Oof, hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) for me I think the kissing was like it was like a finish line in like a hunt like my thrill wasn't the actual kiss it was like the hunt to get there and then once I got to that point I was like and I'm out 
<laughs> like I like the whole like targeting like a guy like and getting that. him. I'm Thanks, glad- Carissa. Yeah, no, Chris, I'm glad it gets, it's like the campaign yeah. better. Like, I'm glad it got better because that's just like, uh, I mean, I think typically people do have pretty sucky first yeah. kiss stories. Mary, what was your first kiss? My first kiss was, so it was someone I was dating. So we'd gone on a couple of dates before it happened. Um, and it was someone I dated in college. Oh God, I hope he never hears this. And um, it was like super it was on my, like, he was dropping me off after a date, and it was on my parents' like front porch steps. So it was like super quick. I almost like didn't expect it, which was like better because then I, I think like I didn't know what to do. So I just stood there and I was like, oh wow, there really is nothing to this. Like, the girl does not have to do anything. Yeah. Pressure's like all on the guy to like come in, have his eyes closed, aim, know where to go. And it like it was over so quickly. I was like, oh, that was nice, but I didn't really, um, you know, uh, I wasn't like over the moon. It certainly wasn't like the movie for me either, Carissa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then the same guy, like first time making out with him was kind of awful. And I was like, oh, maybe I'm just bad at this. And it turned out to be a lot better with like the subsequent boyfriend I had. But yeah, at the time I was like, what is the big deal? This is not fun at all. Because again, I think he used too much of just, you know, it, I just felt like I had a lot of saliva and like, like he was kind of hitting me with his teeth. Like I was just like, this is, this is not the vibe <laughs> I was not into it at all but um it's funny that you say the thing about him being from Brazil because I I don't know if I've even told anyone this I, I feel like I almost had my first kiss when I was doing study abroad in Greece and it wasn't a Greek guy it was like a guy like from the University of Chicago who just happened to be on the same cruise that I was on but like with his family and we hung out a little bit on the cruise and like I kind of thought it was gonna happen I was like oh my god is this first kiss gonna happen with like someone in Greece that I don't know their last name and like thankfully didn't but I had like a couple horrible moments where I I thought that was going to be my first kiss and then ended up being this guy that I dated in college. So I think we all had our first kiss as adults. Oh yeah I was um yeah I was nine I was 19 or 20. I think I was I was 19. Yeah. And um yeah, I was like 26, 27. <laughs> no, I mean it doesn't matter. And I do think, I mean, obviously it wasn't another 25 years. Like I do think once you've broken the seal, it's sort of like um, you know, just these guys come out of the woodwork almost. Um, but it's hard at first. It's hard at first. Like, the longer you go, the bigger a deal it becomes. I don't know, that's how it was for me. Yeah. Um, to the point yeah. where you're like, well, I don't want to just get it over with. Like I want it to be a good kiss with someone I'm, you know whatever but yeah. the reality is I think a lot of first kisses are nothing special and mine certainly isn't something I like think about yeah um so interesting so my first kiss I'm not if you guys don't mind I'm not going to share my first kiss story because it's like not that interesting it was like I was drunk and he That's kissed fair. me and I don't really remember it so there's not much to tell but I will share with you my first kiss after my first relationship okay because so after you know first relationship it's kind of like oh my god it's it's like I'm out there again I'm gonna have to kiss someone new and I feel like that was like kind of a new territory to be in because at that point I was like oh my god new people it's gonna be weird um so where I went to college was this place called fishbowl it was at this shitty bar that like you could, they didn't card. So, you know, if you're under 21, you can go. So the freshmen and sophomores from my college went there. They called it, the nickname for it was the shit bowl. Well, 
Well, the bar's name was Fish Head Cantina in the back. And the reason they called it Fishbowl was because it was outside. It was like this porch, the dance floor. And they had like a tarp wrapped around it. And then people are just crammed in there, like fishes crammed into a fishbowl. And one year, this wasn't like, well, it wasn't the year that I was there. I was actually like playing um, lawn games. There, there was like a rash outbreak. So that's the setting. <laughs> it's a really <laughs> disgusting club that we go to when we're like freshmen and sophomore because you can get drinks there. They don't card and, you know, hopefully, I mean, I mean, that place should be shut down though, but not for the drinking thing. And then there was this guy. Rash though, I feel like you just glossed over that part. The which oh, I don't know. I was I never got one because that it just so happened that that night I like happened. I did, wasn't on the dance floor. I was playing lawn game, lawn games. Okay. And then this like there's this I don't know what it was like. Just a ton of people ended up having going to like the student health. I was like I have this rash on my arm. I was like everyone that was at fishbowl that night. And like, I mean, it was just like, the, the oh. hit the fact that it was so seedy by like all these black lights. And of course, when I first went there as like an 18 year old, like my first club out, like in college, I was like, oh my God, this is so nice. If you like take me back there now, I'd be like, I need a tetanus booster. This is disgusting. What the fuck? <laughs> but anyway, so I went, I, you know, I was newly single, ready to mingle. And so my girlfriends took me out there and there was this guy who I'd been like eyeing for a while, even like in the course of my previous relationship, I like always thought he was cute. And I knew that, and like it actually had, this guy actually (laughs) had caused some friction between me and my ex while we were together because like I was at a party and this guy was like hitting on me and it was obvious like I kind of like liked that he was hitting on me but I wasn't doing anything I didn't do anything I was in a relationship I wasn't gonna cheat on him this is definitely not a first kiss story though there's an ex-boyfriend as a character I do I'm telling you it's not my like (laughs) I don't want to give it's not my first kiss it's my first kiss after my relationship like in media res (laughs) this is like my first kiss after my relationship and um anyway I just see this guy at the club and then I'm like fuck it. Like this guy, like I've been eyeing this guy for a while. I was bound to another guy. Couldn't do anything. This guy's so hot. So I just like went over, grabbed him and kissed him. Diffmo? Yeah. And then we were like, yeah, I was just like, yeah. And then I just like went over and then we ended up dancing the whole night. It was a lot of fun. I think that was a, I guess you're right, Mary. It's not a, it's not a good first kiss story. No, it's but it, it is your first kiss story. No. first kiss stories. It's my first rebound story. Gotcha. Rebound kiss story. I'm my sure first kiss story is boring. I can't beautiful. follow you guys after that. My first kiss story is like I got drunk, we kissed, and then we were dated for yeah, two years. It's like not worth telling. It's not really worth telling. <laughs> like, okay, so I think we can conclude though, like none of our actual first kisses were anything to write. No, I guess the moral of the story is my first next first kiss was much better. Okay. Yeah, Good. my next first kiss that was, was like much a story better. Of empowerment. I liked it. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, you know, it, Krista. I, I'm impressed that you made the move. Like, I think that's really hard to do. And I have to say, I don't think with any guy I've ever dated, I've initiated the first kiss. Yeah, I was there. There were some drinks involved, some liquid courage. Yeah, 
still. And I think it was also one of those, like you said, like the longer you wait, it just got worse. And I just started getting like scared. I was like another kind of fear where it wasn't even a fear of a first of kissing someone because at that point I had, it was a fear of kissing someone new. So I was like, this is going to be unfamiliar. I don't even know. Like it is always a little bit. It's very, so I was just like, you know what? The longer we like doing the anticipation, like I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And I just was like, grabbed him on the dance floor and then just like went for it and like at that point I already I mean I knew he was interested in me like he basically he wasn't the reason my ex and I broken up we broke up like a full year after like that time we got in this like huge fight about it but like he like basically had almost tried to break me and my boyfriend oh so yeah it was fun story. but I thanks I think empowering tangential story <laughs> oh my gosh, we love tangents. But hold on, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, story. yeah, I'm gonna po- hold it right there. We have to take a no. quick break, quick break, and then and- we're gonna quick break, and then we're okay. gonna come back and restart with Carissa's tangential stories because what are we if not tangents? That's the name of the game. In this place. That's the name of the game. All right, <laughs> be back. And welcome back to all the rom coms. That- I've loved before. Um, so where we left off, Carissa's gonna tell us. So any followers of our podcast know that we love tangents and Carissa. I think you have a tangent for us. Yes, it's a brief one, because you were talking about empowerment, and I was like thinking, oh man, like it was I ever empowered to just go up and kiss a guy? And there was this flirtation that I had with this guy in college and it never worked out because he was either always with somebody or he was like, oh, you know Wait, what? I you're just my I friend. I this guy. <laughs> I, I think I, I won't say his name, but. Oh, yes. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. It was, yes. He was You cute. know, Mary, because was... it was like an ongoing saga. <laughs> you guys would have been a cute he couple, though. Cute. I, to- I totally could have seen that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he always used to joke that he wanted to be my first kiss, but he was always with a girlfriend. And then a couple of years later, he was like, we had gotten together at Christmas. This is a couple of years after we graduated and okay. we got together at Christmas with a friend and he goes, have you had your first kiss yet? And I oh think I was 24 gosh. and I was like, no, I haven't. And he, oh goes, my gosh. And he was like, let me kiss you right here, right oh now. My oh my God. God. And I was like, that is like something that is so funny. romantic. And That's something out of That is movies. so romantic. You know, like, oh my I God, my heart just did a heart, heart. Wait, no, isn't that in a couple movies where the guy's like, I want to be your first kiss? Like that totally is a thing. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing is, our mutual friend was sitting at the table with these like deer in headlight eyes. <laughs> and I was like, no, I'm good. So then that night I texted him and I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, let's meet Friday night and like, let's make out or something. And he was like, oh, well, I might be busy. And then Friday comes around and that morning he texts me and my friend in the group chat going, hey guys, I'm in Montreal. And I was like, oh you fled the country in order to avoid kissing me. Oh 
my god and he put it in like a mutual friend so he's oh, he like it's okay, like i need a witness yeah so i couldn't call him out yeah you of course had to call him out what did you say yeah. oh my god that's but let me just tell you uh, that I, christmas I party one like, that would have been a good first kiss like, yeah but then maybe it sounds like he's a flake so maybe it's a good thing yeah but what's the end of the saga like do you keep in touch or that was the last time does he live in montreal now (laughs) (laughs) um no so um I think he moved to Texas um, okay. and we are in touch and we're friends and okay. everything. Okay, I um, like that. But yeah, it was, a, it was a long chunk of my life just pining for someone. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Well, I feel like you guys were yeah. one of those couples, like there were superlatives, so going back to high school, there were superlatives like for my high school yearbook and there was like, you know, best couple, most annoying couple. And then it was like couple that everyone wanted to date. And it's like, whether or not they wanted to date each other is beside the point. Like, there were <laughs> that were just like oh, they would have been so good together. You know what I mean? <laughs> all right so let's let's return to the movie never been kissed so now that we've all shared our that was a first kiss story story. uh yeah thank you for that now that we share our first (laughs) kiss story our rebound kiss story where kisses are empowerment kisses like kisses that never happened but have these stories with them the kisses that never were let's call them the kisses Kisses that never were were. So I think it's it's safe to say that there's a lot of weight when it comes to kisses. And I so it's not really a huge surprise that there would be a rom-com made at like the peak. This was during like, this is the late 90s where like the rom-coms are really, what was the term your sister used, Mary? Um, uh, it's just that this is like a climax of rom where like we're really putting out a lot. They're very popular. But she said she like climax. She said 90s rom-coms were their own subgenre. I think that's Yeah, true. yeah. So um, this was definitely a 90s And another movie. Chicago rom-com. And another and Chicago and another, rom-com. Like, mm-hmm. unglamorous lead. Like, you know, glamorous yeah. person playing an unglamorous. It was fitted, it fitted this, like, 90s subgenre. Yeah. Um, so it's not a huge surprise, though, that, like, one of the big topics, if we were, if this was a course, one of the big topics would be um, kissing. So I actually kind of want to start off with this quote. Okay. Okay. So this is from the movie. Okay. And where she goes, that moment when you kiss someone and everything around becomes hazy and the only thing in focus is you and this person and you realize that this person is the only person that you're supposed to kiss Mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. And for one moment, you get this amazing gift and you want to laugh and you want to cry because you feel so lucky and you found it and so scared that will all go away all at the same time. Damn, girl, you are a writer. Yeah, I yeah. Love, I love the reactions <laughs> of her friends because Anita, you can tell, has kissed many people and she's yeah. never had that. And she's just like, oh my gosh, that's so romantic. Um, and and Octavia this, Spencer. I know, they had so many, like, this is a stacked cast. Um, we'll come also, back to that, but yes. yes. Yeah, this maybe this is showing off how unsophisticated my movie tastes are, but that line always reminds me of a line from It Takes Two, the Olsen twin movie. And there's something about like falling in love. I don't think it's about kissing, but it's like can't eat, can't sleep, reach for the stars, over the fence, world series kind of like falling for something. Yeah. It's very like 
grandiose and built yeah so what are your guys's take on this like because this is pretty early on in the movie so like what was your and this is kind of can also be adjacent to what was your first reaction to the movie re-watching it now as adults having kissed many guys and have had many relationships since um I mean I think it is a movie so not every kiss is going to be like that but actually something my my friend um, Marissa asked me after, you know, I have a first kiss with someone, she'd be like, oh, were there fireworks? And you know what she means. Like, I think with yeah. some people there's sparks and some people there's not. Um, to, so to some degree- that For is, some people, it's like you just let someone spit in your mouth. Yeah, yeah. But um, this was a movie that actually, <laughs> I haven't, well, this was a movie that even though I haven't seen it in a while, I did love growing up to the point where like, I was just remembering all the lines without even having to watch the movie. Like I was like, wow, I, I you know, at Blockbuster or whatever, we rented this so many times for so many sleepovers. So I thought watching it again, I was like, wow, there's a lot I missed. There's actually a lot of quite adult humor and jokes and stuff in it um, that just went over my head, but I, I thought it was good. I thought it held up and I really enjoyed watching it again. Um, how about you, Chris? I know you love this movie. Do you, like, you're not Drew Barrymore anymore, though. Like, you've had relationships that fans. You've had, no. like, kisses since then. You're not, you're not that no. nerd. I mean, this might, I, I don't know you that well, but you're, you're not coming off as that nerdy girl to me. Oh, well, thank you. Um, that's because <laughs> I don't crack out my clarinet and inhaler right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, it was actually kind of interesting to watch it as an adult because I think as, you know, as a kid, you kind of skew everything in your mind to have this really great yeah. view of a movie. Um, and watching it again, I was like, eh, it's all right. And like that part, I remember being like, oh my God, she's so romantic and that was so beautiful. And <laughs> watching it now, I was kind of like, oh, this girl doesn't even know. She don't even know. <laughs> not expecting you to say that that's so yeah funny. that's so surprising I totally um, I, I bought into the fantasy I was like near tears in the last scene yeah so this was my first time <laughs> well, watching well, this movie yeah yeah I can't oh, believe really Kelly had never yeah, seen yeah I'd never seen it never I have I never have I ever seen never been kissed mm. and I have to say it was a little cringy at first because of the student teacher thing or what no 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 not because of that because of just like all like how awkward she was in the high school stuff I, but also I was she so she does a very good job and it did bring back memory like I was nerdy too and I was just like oh my god like I was just like having flashbacks nothing that severe but it was no, still like I definitely no. I mean, felt like I was that severe she had horrible stuff. I mean, the other thing I remembered when I was watching it back this time, this is how sensitive I am. I couldn't watch like the flashback to the prom scene. Like that was just too painful to watch. That was, that was very painful. Kid, as a kid, I always fast forwarded that scene. Like it's just her Aww. crying and her mom coming out and the Madonna song. It was just like too much for me to handle. It's a lot of feelings. Yeah. I mean that that it was like nothing like any like that severe I mean, happened it, but it like feeling it was just high school but that was like cruel you know like yeah just, yeah I think just remembering 
that feeling of not belonging or like the cruelty of kids, like whether it's in like robust ways, like having eggs thrown at you, which I, that thank God never happened to me. And by the time I was a senior, I kind of had my like sea legs a little bit better, but I think just like, you know, feeling lost and not knowing who you are. And, Mm -hmm. but also it was cringy for me for like how bad the bullies were. I was just like, Oh my God. Like, like how cringy yeah. the girls were. Like, I'm like, oh my God. Like those mean girls with Jessica Alba and like that guy, Guy, who, I don't know. Let's talk about peak in high school. Like, have you guys <laughs> looked at that actor's picture now? No, but I'm sure he's no. not as cute as the teacher. He is not recognizable. At first I thought it could have been, um, who was the actor that was in Heathers with Winona Ryder? Oh, Christian Slater. Yeah, he kind of had that, like, poor man's Christian Slater look. I mean, I think he was cute. He definitely didn't look like He was definitely student, cute then. Well, well, he was, he was actually that, older than Drew people, Barrymore. Yeah, none of these people were high school students, except for LDs. Like, none of them were actually. Oh, but yeah. So, um, I think it was just, like, a little cringy for me watching, like, the bullying scenes and yeah. just being like, ah, the story here is that their bullies are really bad and why are they not doing a story on the epic level of bullying done at high schools? I don't know, I didn't uh, Like, that's, that should be the story. <laughs> why is that not the story? Yeah, it was um, interesting but then, the whole story had to be synonymous with, like, her being popular and that's where the story, like, yeah. I, you know, I, I haven't seen the trailer in a while, but I think if you watch the trailer, like, it's very quickly established that she needs to, like, go to the prom with those people in order to have a story. Well, and that's I have- the case. Yeah, I mean, I have, like, a theory on that, but, um, but actually, like, so while watching it, though, like, that was, I was kind of like, okay, this is, like, kind of cringy for me, um, but there were, but then at the end, like, the end kind of made up for it, when he came over and kissed her, and then also that, like, that dynamic between her and, and, um, and Sam Coulson. Yeah. Um, and I think they, it could have, you know, before we've talked about that line between creepy and cute, like we play jump rope with that line a lot in rom-coms. They, they, considering all the plots that involve people that were supposed to be very different ages, like they definitely handled, I thought it never seemed creepy. Yeah, they did not. And I think part of it was that he sensed with her, he goes, are you sure you're 17? And also- Like he like saw yeah. through it. There's a, there was a moment, if you caught this, it was a super subtle moment. But a very good acting, I thought, on Michael Barton, the guy who played Sam's part, where they're on the Ferris wheel, and he's like, actually, I shouldn't say, because he, he says- Yeah, he like, says, I shouldn't say that. You're my age, like, guys are going to be lined up for you. And she's like, we well, have to say that because you're my teacher, which is more of, like, a, thing, a parent thing to say yeah. than a teacher. And he was like, actually, I shouldn't say that because yeah. I'm Yeah, like, oh, I thought yeah. he did a good job they, of, like- Well, not even that moment. After they kind of fade out from the Ferris wheel, he has this, like, just kind of cringe face like I can't believe I just said that yeah I'm like oh it was very subtle I I didn't catch it until watching it again this time but like he knows it's totally wrong but he's like rooting for her I think as a mentor and as a teacher and it's as they show it's like this weird line and that's why everyone in this office is like you have to this has to be the story like this is it's like kind of awful because they're having her they're like almost forcing her to do the story but really it's because they're in like the fact that they're enjoying watching the chemistry between them like what does her boss say you go it's like young and the restless in there but it was like the fact that they're enjoying (laughs) the fact is the teacher's actually not doing anything wrong 
And it's like the, the, the same things that are makes, making the story intriguing for them because they have like this really good chemistry are the things that's like making this is like the things that they're like drive a story and sell a paper. Yeah, and I mean, I can see where it would be a scandal for him, but at the same time, because she is 25, it's not like this horrible thing that they're all making. It's not horrible, and he's also not actually doing anything wrong. It's like, he got her in touch with someone at Dartmouth, which is nowhere close to Chicago where he lives. No, but he is kind of on the verge of doing something wrong. I mean, he tells her at the dan- at the prom, like, oh, there's something I have to tell you, too, and it seems like he's going to confess feelings for her. Yeah, that was weird. The fact that he asked yeah. her to dance is a little weird. Yeah, did you guys dance with the teacher at your prom? <laughs> no. I didn't. No, that was a little weird. No. Um, I, I did have I a know. very um, young teacher that I was like I wanted this to happen like I wanted him to like me (laughs) um and he hugged me like three times during the course of like kind of graduation proceedings and all the girls were like he hugged me twice he hugged me four times like we're all (laughs) (laughs) know how many times he hugged you is crazy wait was he also was he also English was he like writing teacher or um English teacher like this guy uh no he was a music teacher and he was only maybe 22 23 which is so oh, weird so to look weird. back on because that's like because the age difference if you look at like that's like that's four years which is not a big deal no but well, it's a big deal that, when you're like a teenager but if you were, were like 25 and 29 not a big deal yeah there were teachers at my high school mm-hmm. you know i don't think anything happened you know while they were still students but like there were always rumors about the younger some of the younger male teachers that they would date students after they graduated i'm sure some of them were you know that did happen like it's weird but um, I'm sure it happened. Yeah, there was actually someone from my high school who got fired for sleeping Yikes. with a student. Yeah. He was actually not, we did have a lot of young ones. My school was new, so we had a lot of young teachers. He actually wasn't one of the young ones, though. Like, he was youngish. Like, he was in his 30s, I think, or, like, late 20s. But yeah, he wasn't I, the youngest. But, and he was married. Never, That's another thing. never been kissed. Like, I think they pulled off, it's very tentative romance between them, and it's very sweet. And yeah. Like, calculated, like, you know, I mean, she's there to do her job and um, just happens to hit it off with him. Yeah. He also, he's also charmed by her before she gets popular. The other thing is like where I was like, where I felt like, oh, this could get creepy is when she was like getting really close with the character guy. Well, you know, let's. I'm like, he's like Mm. 17. He's playing a 17 year old. You want to talk about? I was just like, oh my god! Like, you want to talk about guy, or do you want to save him for later? Because I think guy is actually a very interesting character. Yeah, let's um, let's see. There was, I was talking. Well, what I want just kind of wanted to end with, on like my introduction with the movie though, was that ending though, like really did make up everything for me, and like that ending kiss was so good. And that's like, I think it lived up to the hype. And the reason I also wanted to start off with that quote is because like, I couldn't help when she said that quote to also have flashbacks of other like epic kiss kisses on in movies. Me too. Even even the kissing booth when she, I know, I know, Mary, you're giving me the most, but even when, um, so many stars or whatever that song was. Yeah. When she kisses the hot brother for the first time and it's like, everyone disappears. I feel like this is this quote, like epitomizes what any kiss in every rom-com from here on out was trying 
to accomplish. Yeah, they, this movie stuck the landing for sure. I really liked the last but, kiss and the way the way the scene played out and the drama of it. I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think that is an iconic scene for sure. But were there mm-hmm. on like what other aside from that one? What other scenes stuck out to you guys? Oof, I I had that scene in mind actually, just because I really liked that song they used the um, yeah. boy song. And I don't know if you guys have seen My Girl too, but that they actually use it for a very similar scene, like a first kiss kind of scene um, with the Veda character, and they use that same song. So it's kind of funny because I'm not sure which one came first in the '90s, but uh, yeah, in the ending scene has to be like the top one. But other other good scenes, oh my gosh, I mean there were a lot of like tropey scenes, right? There was like a high school scene, prom scenes. Um, getting ready for the dance or whatever like there was a lot of that but to me the last scene like stood out just by a mile like definitely was the best scene how about you carissa was there a scene that going you'd seen this movie so many times was there a scene that you were really <laughs> looking forward to seeing again um yeah i really like um i think obviously my favorite scene was that ending scene but I also love the <laughs> scenes where the guy George is in the van doing surveillance yes! and he has yes! a date with her and he's walking yes! <laughs> yeah. to me, every time it like did a cut to that I was laughing so hard because it was so like the progression funny. of his own relationship watching her yes! <laughs> yeah, I, I love watched it. a movie about it. George I thought he was so funny He's and so, another talks, guy goes, how do you stay so cool and he goes with like berries and yeah oh how are you so cool yeah. Like, yeah, he should teach her how to be cool yeah like, get george in there um and he's another guy who's kind of a famous actor now i think his name's Chris williams he's been on Grey's anatomy as bailey's husband he's been on heart of dixie which is like not a good show but like he's he's actually been around for a while and i thought he was so good in that part it's like small part but mm-hmm. he was really really good um what about what do you guys think about like the relationship between Josie and her brother Rob I I think Rob it was interesting because she was obviously the book smart one but Mm -hmm. he was very socially astute even just like oh you know in high school like you just see one person think you're cool and you're in that kind of is how it is and they show that in the movie when you know she has the theme that guys like you know Josie like We'll have an idea and he's right and she does and everyone looks at guy for his opinion and then when he's yeah. like oh yeah that's absolutely a great idea then everyone else is on board um but yeah i thought it was interesting because they obviously were close um and she tried to push him and support him even though she herself had to you know kind of grow up but i it was it caught an interesting dynamic for me which i do think is true coolness is not genetic like I think yeah. we, probably, we probably had siblings in our own high schools where one sibling was very popular and one sibling wasn't like I, I don't think yeah. that's hard to believe at all yeah I think yeah. um I thought it was interesting because I actually felt what's his name David Arquette and yeah. Drew Barrymore also had a lot of chemistry oh really <laughs> yeah I was like oh this is weird and then at one point when Rob like spreads the rumor that they used to hook up I was like but then i, I also I couldn't have like when thought, he started, yeah, i guess i never thought of it that way so then yeah, he, when right. he also started spread like when he started like trying to help her i was like dude why didn't you help her back I in think fucking the, high school fun, in real life high school like what were you doing back then 
I mean, again, but I guess like, like he was also young was looking out for themselves and kind of didn't care. But like, I thought what, some of the funniest 10 seconds of the movie is like, you can't just come in here and be popular in one day. And they're like, Rob, Rob, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can actually. Yeah. <laughs> Which kind of makes you think like, what, what do you think is, what do you think makes you popular? Like, what do you think it is that? Yeah. Because I feel, and also, what do you think it was back then versus what do you think it is now? I mean, when I think about the people, we've talked about this before on the podcast. When I think about the people, like, and my high school was not traditional in the sense that there weren't really cliques. It was a little bit like artsy, whatever. But when I think about people who are popular, especially in high school, a lot of it is honestly just confidence and not caring yeah. what people think because everyone in high school is so worried about what people think, so conformist. And I'm sure if we, you know, any one of the three of us went back into high school now, it'd be a little bit of a breeze because you're like, this doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. But at the time, everything feels so, you're so embarrassed, you're so, everything's so high stakes. Um, so I mean, I, yeah, like maybe they were, you know, pretty, but I don't think necessarily the most popular person is the prettiest girl. I actually thought in this movie, the prettiest girl was the nerdy girl. Um, yeah she's so pretty Aldi yeah mm-hmm. she's so um, pretty mm-hmm. yeah yeah so I mean I don't even think it's that necessarily I think it is just confidence and you know not giving a care about what other people think and just sort of like you know owning things and that at that age gets you really far mm-hmm. you can be very popular just by having a lot of confidence at that age yeah how about you Carissa what what were you the popular girl in high school Oh, kind of like um oh oh I think we lost your audio for a second yeah oh yeah I don't know why yeah now we can hear you yeah that's oh and then we lost you again oh no Ah! it doesn't look like she's muted but I can't hear we hear me now yeah yeah now we can hear you. This is this is technology life. I know. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So no, in 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 my high school, I feel like it was more, um, you know, like if you you had to kind of come from a family that had more money, that was definitely like a popularity factor. Oh Because wow. if you were decked out in like American Eagle and Abercrombie, like you were, yeah. you were kind That's of so a funny. Popular yeah that's so funny Mm -hmm. um well my high school was like a private school or catholic school so you know in some sense I guess everyone you know had some money in order to afford the tuition but I think the nice thing about uniforms granted we did have like we call them tag days or dress down days but for the most part it's like if everyone's in the same uniform at least you don't have that element what I would say is like people knew what kind of car you drove like once you were junior senior you drove to school and when I was watching this movie I was like why are you getting rid of your nice car like if you want to be popular like keep the nice car yeah um because yeah. a lot of popular kids definitely you know they had like a lot they drove like a Lexus or you know whatever yeah yeah I'm mm. trying to think of like it took when I honestly when I think about my high school there wasn't really like that mean girl bunch or there were a lot of clicks for sure but like they really emphasized like guy and his lemmings and like Jessica Alba's little well, trio like why do the mean the- girls always come in threes like that's always a thing I know and girls I think come in threes more representative of middle school than maybe high school in the same way that mean girls I think was more relevant to most people's middle school experience and their high school experience but what I will say is I, I we definitely had a guy do you guys have a guy at your school 
no not really what yeah no we didn't have a guy and also like we had when I think about who our prom king and queen were they were like the nicest people well so well so is the nicest I actually thought I mean yeah a guy I guess bullies her in the beginning but I actually thought he was like not that bad like I thought he was pretty nice we could tell he was physically attracted to her at the beginning at the very beginning at the beginning he like comes up to her and like wants to say hi and she just like True. totally and freaks out start, and is like starts talking until she starts talking that's a good yeah point. and then he's like what the fuck is yeah, wrong i mean i don't you? think i don't think the guy was like as big of a presence as like you know the billy prince or whoever was for you know drew barrymore in the background but we definitely had a guy who was like kind of the king of the school you know he was um like the uh student council or um senior class whatever president okay. He was the prom king. Like, he was a good-looking guy. He was nice to everyone. Like, we definitely had someone like that. You know what's funny? I don't remember who our senior class president was. Like, at all. So we had two. We had, like, student body, which maybe he was. No, student body was actually one of my good friends. And then, like, senior class president was, like, this guy. But, yeah. yeah. But it's just, and when I think about the popularity in my high school, it really wasn't, like, I think the people that had the hardest time where people that just didn't find their people Mm. like it was more like a series of bunch of little populations Mm. and it was like you were just trying to find your group and I I think what I remember about my group and our um we had Larissa who was a guest on one of our other podcasts I think we've talked about this uh, where our little group were kind of was actually the group of um of others like we didn't really fit any stereotype like we weren't the athletic girls that were always like soccer girls we called them were always together mm-hmm. um or then there was also like um really, you know you had the cheerleaders then you had like the I don't I don't know you just had a different different groups and um there were like the super indie the super punk you had like you know whatever and we just didn't really feel like we belonged somehow we found each other and it was also like this you could just tell that our group of people were ones that didn't really fit any stereotype mm-hmm. which when you which is like I think an attribute when you're an adult and like people admire you for it but in high school like if you're like you said Mary conformity is a big thing and it's interesting because with um I never been kissed like what makes her I think the butt of a lot of her jokes a lot of the jokes is that she just stands out too much so when she goes like dancing and is like like just made a hoot made made, like a total like everyone makes fun of her and is like oh my god what is she doing on the stage and all the attention you know if she pulled like well before she started doing the weird thing with the boa like as an adult if she just like went on on stage and started dancing like people would be cheering her on they'd be like that's awesome when she started doing that thing with the boa I was like well, I, also think, I also think in some ways kind of being different is more celebrated and obviously we've come a long way since um this movie was 1999 now it's 2021 but this is something that they kind of explore if either of you guys have seen the new 21 Jump Street with Channing yes I yes so I like was thinking the exact same thing, so Mary. Pop- I was like, yes. That's so funny. So what's yes. popular is so different in that movie versus like when Channing Tatum was a popular guy and it was like these, you know, these homophobic jocks. And now it's like, it's cool to recycle and it's cool to care about current events. And, you know, the and if you don't Franco do these character. things, you're like exile. Right, like, right. Um, and I thought this movie had kind of a proto version of that in that I appreciated that guy 
he was the coolest person there, but he wasn't actually a jock. If you know, he didn't have the letter jacket like the Billy yeah. Penn character. He was kind of alternative in a way, like a little. He was femme, playing the guitar. Actually. Yeah, yeah. I actually thought mm-hmm. he was a little femme. Like sometimes he wore eyeliner. I'm pretty sure. Like it, it just was like, oh, okay, so we I have come. So, you know, we have more to go, but we've come kind of far, even since you know what was popular probably when our parents went to high school. Like, yeah, but I definitely I had. Mm-hmm. I had the same thoughts with 21 Jump Street where so I was funny. like when she especially when she talks at the end about how like her high school experience and then going back to high school she goes a lot of things stayed the same and yeah. I was kind of just like probably when it maybe in a different way yeah, now but no, I, actually, I, I was just kind of thinking about with 21 Jump Street when you're right when Channing Tatum goes like what the hell happened I blame Glee and yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like all those things like being a bully like that like he goes over and he like knocks over some kid's backpack no, but I, being a bully like that would have like ostracized you right right where it was not cool to be yeah, a bully but I, do, I do agree with that statement I wrote down actually a lot of timeless things I was like, oh, yeah, there are some things that are just sort of unique to the high school experience and it's an interesting thing they've done studies and it's like people actually their high school memories kind of take up a larger part of you know brain bank memories than you would think for it only being four yeah. years of your life like it's a very formative I time. believe it and I mean we probably could remember days in high school very clearly even though it's been a long time for all of us um so yeah I mean some timeless thing even just someone making out in front of the locker I didn't oh yeah I didn't have that happen to me but it was definitely like yeah you had like a slim part of real estate and if someone was like in front of it like you were kind of sol you know like there was a, a teacher who always had to open his classroom door in front of one of my sister's friends lockers and they always had like an awkward moment where she would try to change her books and he'd like have the door and on the last day of the school year he was like this is the last time we're gonna have this awkward moment <laughs> it was just like something that happened and yeah I mean I feel like you know there were a lot of things that were kind of unique to the high school experience that they talk about in this movie and it's like you don't care about them ever again the same way that you do when you're in yeah that that is true it does t- I, I believe that that it takes a lot of real estate because one of my recurrent yeah. like a lot of the places in my dreams when I revisit a place it's often like this so my high school had this huge hallway like main hallway mm-hmm. and that led up to this like kind of grand grand staircase-esque thing yeah. and a lot of my dreams like if I'm walking through something a lot of times I'm walking through that hallway yeah I think that's very interesting um when so Chris I guess you could kind of be our tiebreaker in this like versus I feel that her statement at the end maybe doesn't stand as true and Mary feels like it does it's probably like actually in between because Mary I do agree with a lot of what you're saying like there are a lot of things that are still the same I guess I just feel like the whole issue of saying there is always a guy and maybe there is always like the king of the high school but he just looks very different I don't know if there's necessarily those girls that are like so beautiful I I can maybe think of like one or two but I actually feel like most of the girls who I find really beautiful now, um, I didn't really notice back then. Like one of one of this girl I went to high school, it's a model. I mean, she's stunning. And I kind of, I, not that she looks much different. Maybe some of it's from confidence. Maybe some of it's just like we all, maybe it's also that like we're teenagers and our bodies are growing about, in weird ways and we don't know how to do our eyebrows. I don't know. Did you guys catch the photos of the actors at the end? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah obviously their actors are very attractive. A lot of them did not look so great. I'm sure James Franco did. I'm sure he was always adorable. Oh my God. But, like mm-hmm. most of them did not, they had awkward photos too. And you know, I mean, unless you're Brad Pitt, like you're going to have some awkward. It's, it's very, it's very awkward. So like, but I, I couldn't really think of a group that was like that. Usually if you were like really 
mean the way those three girls were like people generally didn't like you and I actually distinctly yeah. remember there was this one girl who's very pretty she um she was starred in a lot of the school plays she often that was oh that was a big I guess that was the big thing in our high school so in that case whatever cheerleading like in the in 1990s and 80s whatever was to make yeah. you popular and like the high school was to be an athlete I think for my school it was like if you were in theater I, I think theater was a big thing so think- let me just finish telling you about this one girl a lot of people actually like a lot of the people who you'd say were quote unquote popular like a lot of people just universally like them they got invited to a lot of parties um were pretty like at least they were like in the um on court like homecoming court or prom court a lot of them really didn't like this girl because they said she was just like they didn't like how I mean she wasn't the smartest and she kind of like really leaned into not being smart by making like a lot of ignorant statements. They thought she was really annoying. And yeah, she could sing and she was like really talented at the theater, but like that just wasn't enough because you also had to be a good person. And there were like multiple cases where she'd like, like came to school drunk like one or two times. I think just like, yeah, it was like, I mean, she she was like a little bit rough. I think it was just like, really it wasn't that much. I think it was just one time. And I mean, fortunately I, I think her, her life's actually, from what I've heard from people, I don't keep in touch with her at all. I wasn't really close with her at all. Um, she actually got her life really in order and she's living a really lo- lovely life right now. Um, but at the time, it was just like interesting because like, like what, she was probably the closest to looking like those mean girls, but was actually not well liked at all. No, I mean, I think that actually, it's funny you're describing this because definitely the most attractive person in my older sister's class, she was beautiful. Um, And she was, I think, a lot nicer than the girl you're describing. And she also did plays and she also tried to be an actress afterwards and like did modeling. She wasn't the most popular girl because she didn't have like, she didn't have the cool factor or whatever it was. People actually didn't, didn't really like her. Um, So I don't think it's always necessarily like the prettiest kid is the most popular. But I think we're, we're focusing too much on the girls. I, I just agree with like what Drew Barrymore said about how there are some experiences in high school that are kind of timeless and universal. And I, I that part of it, I agree with. Yeah. Like, girls, I, everything you're saying is right. But, yeah. uh, but I agree with her that like, cert, you know, you could go back to high school now and you'd have still the same kind of like awkwardness and, um, you know, if not clicks, like definitely different groups yeah. and navigating those and all that. Yeah. So listen, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back and we'll continue. I mean, this is, we'll continue this conversation. So I think that what really this comes about is like, what does it mean to be an adolescent? Yeah. So, um, so we'll be right back. And we're back. Um, all right, cool. So we were just talking about how like um, how Drew Barrymore ha- and her article ends up writing about going back to high school and it not changing. And in some ways that's true. And in some ways that's not so. And uh, Mary kind of at one point mentioned like that high school does take an enormous amount of real estate in our brains. And I definitely agree with that. Um, and I think that's what she, she kind of talks of, and she mentions that like she went through this like traumatizing experience that traumatized her through like her adulthood. And it's funny because she plays a 25 year old and I'm like, oh my God, girl, you ain't even a real adult yet. <laughs> like I was, not a real adult. Yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I but mean. still like, I think that sentiment is real. Like, I mean, I've even in my, like now in my thirties, I'll experience things and I s- still resort to the analogy of like, that took me back to high school. Like I yeah. felt like I could kind of like, if someone was to draw like a cartoon of my, it would be like 
adult me standing there and like the next panel would be like a high school awkward Helia standing there like it's just I think the fact that we use it a lot in in, um expressing ourselves it's interesting because even though we have everyone was a different person in high school compared to who they are now but also in high school like everyone had a different role um I think it sounds like the three of us were the nerdy girls um but regardless what station you were in um, yeah I mean I never I think my school it didn't have a ton of clicks so I never felt even though I was on math team I never felt like I was yeah. that nerdy um because I was like oh I do sports it bounces yeah oh yeah that's true council. okay but but I mean the point that the, what, what I was more just trying to say is like even if we all like identified in different clicks the fact is regardless what click you were in you probably had more in common with someone of a different click than you realized just by the sense of we all were lost I mean, in a strange phase the of adolescence of the that's the whole thesis of the movie breakfast club is that the princess can be the burnout yeah. can be the dog can be the basket case yeah um carissa what were um we've kind of done a terrible job of letting you talk right now um i'm sorry i'm like totally sorry about that because this was like really really terrible yeah that's why I'm myself. but i really want to hear um like what was your take on that um you know you went to the same college as mary and i feel like college was is like that time where we can kind of blossom into that but before that um what was it like for you yeah i think i think high school for me was one of those I was definitely like a floater like on on Tuesdays uh for lunch I would sit with the goth kids and then on Wednesday I would sit with like the (laughs) class president and like these popular girls that would just like let me sit with them at lunch so like I kind of had I was a floater I just floated yeah groups but um, what do you think what what do you think it was about you that like let people bring down their walls when really I mean that's what clicks are right they let you select people who you can put a mutual wall around and protect your guy yourselves from other people but it sounds like you managed to like universally break down everyone's walls what do you think that was about you I I I, I have a theory by the way I was <laughs> I was very shy and quiet and non-threatening I think and then also my brother was the popular sibling like oh. everyone knew like kids grades below me would be like oh you're Calvin's sister who was a grade above me so like he was the popular cool wow. guy wow yeah. so you were related to the king of the high school that's crazy yeah <laughs> um so I think, I think that helped too. Um, but in regards to the timelessness of high school, I, I think it, I think this movie kind of holds up just, just on the basis that the structure of it was used uh, 10 years later for, for, well, maybe not 10 years, maybe like five years later for Mean Girls, right? So Mean oh, Girls. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Like same thing. She tried to infiltrate the three popular yes. girls. Yeah. Athletes, like same plot line. And I feel like now movies are veering a little bit differently from that, but it's still the same kind of trope holds up. Like there's always going to be that, even no matter who you are, even if you are the popular girl, you're going to feel that insecurity of high school, just because when you're a teenager, your emotions are 10 to 15 times more. Oh yeah. <laughs> for everything. Regina, it's like Regina George was the most popular girl in the school, prettiest girl in school, and she was always on a diet. I mean, I think Mean Girls captured it so well. Like they did it. But I think what the thing was it turned out Regina George was like really had like anger issues. 
yeah right it kind of kind of goes to like it it all was under the umbrella of like mental health mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like she had these like anger issues and like Gretchen I mean Gretchen was a whole slew of things I think she like used the secrets to get in with people she was definitely very insecure and would latch on to someone and do you think um did you guys read queen bees and wannabes that was like the no Queen girls was based on Mm-mm. so I did read that I think something else that they touch on in that book which I think is very interesting is um like popularity and self-worth and a lot of it is derived by like having a boyfriend or having you know the cool guys that you hang out with and um it's subtle but it's definitely like in those movies and something I noticed watching this movie that I didn't notice last time I watched it like with the uh, banana condoms, all the cool girls, they had no trouble. They like, knew how to do it. That's true. Oh my God, Mary. There's, then- sort of a, there's sort of a thing of like innocence lost and like, you know, that ends up being a really key part of like being in the in crowd for yeah. lack of a better phrase. But I thought that was interesting and I didn't notice ever watching it before. That's so funny, Mary. I did not catch that. Yeah, and then she and the 16-year-old gymnast are struggling. <laughs> yeah, I mean, talk about secondhand embarrassment every time the condom gets hit, like, hits the, the teacher. <laughs> oh, my wanna, goodness. I just want to crawl under a couch and die. That is so mm. embarrassing. And she literally says, like, I have to go die now. Like, it's just, how do you recover from that? That is so embarrassing. So, Carissa, <laughs> um, I have a theory on why. <laughs> I have a theory on popular what makes you popular and I have a theory on like why you were able to break down the walls I think it's because okay. you're just like so genuinely friendly and nice and like I mean I've known you all but like few hours and I'm like I feel really good about myself talk like you exude like maybe it's like your inner confidence I don't know about but like talking with you makes me feel good well, thank you. Yeah, yeah I, that and I think that even as a mental health field, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, no, I think I I'm, think you're a relator. I think you're good at relating. To I people. think you're good at relating mm-hmm. to people, and I think that's why these, like, even at like the teenage level, like you were able to infiltrate these different groups because they were like, I don't get judgment from you. And if you think about, it, that's the thing teens fear the most. Is I mean, I have yeah. a teenage sister. I guess she's not a teenage now. She's eighteen, but she's like. Like when I do weird things that I don't care about, she's like, oh my God, hell yeah. Like people are going to judge you. And I'm like, you think I give a fuck? But I'm like, oh wait, you're a teenager. <laughs> like you give a fuck. Like you, age. yeah. I was like, yeah. you actually do. Like I'll put up pictures of me, like really like fugly ones of me, but I like don't care because like my dogs look really cute in them. So like, I don't care that my acne looks awful. <laughs> but like, she's just like, there's, you can Photoshop. That. I'm like, I don't have time for that. Just look at the cute dog. Mm-hmm. but yeah. that's what the thing I think you like exude non-judgment so that that's my theory I think you're giving maybe your brother a little too much credit um, I'm sure yeah, he's I, lovely I, I, too I would agree with that too I, I don't even think you could have I would have bought it before you even said the stuff about your brother and oh, honestly and honestly like I think that there's a direct correlation between me I got my like sea legs in high school a little bit like second half of my junior year and I think that was also when like I realized oh, if I'm, like, really friendly to people, they, like, won't bully me. Because I was bullied <laughs> before that. Because then they feel yeah, bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and no. then I remember my mom, I was really shy. I was, like, really shy. And my mom was the one to tell me. And actually, someone later told me who I was later friends with because, like, I didn't confront her, but I, like, said something about, like, oh, yeah, middle school, you guys weren't really the nicest to me. And my mom kind of said this too. And she said, she goes, sometimes when people are really shy, they take that, they misinterpret that as snobby. Standoffish. 
standoffish, yes. but really yeah. I was like, no, I was just like really terrified no, of I think you guys. Especially if you are, which you are, you know, smart and pretty, you could be like, oh, Helly is so full of herself or whatever. But um, that's not, no one sees themselves as that way. I mean, like smart. I had a unibrand. But I think I agree with a lot of what you're saying because I had the same issue when I was growing up of being extremely shy and I still am very introverted. And then when we, um, when I got to actually medical school, I felt like I had to just sort of force myself to like say hi yeah. people and be friendly. And I, I ran for student council, which like, I don't know if you remember this, but it was I remember like, that you ran for student like, council. Yeah, yeah. But it was like, you know, 20 people running for four spots. And somehow I got on because I just forced myself during orientation week to say hi to everyone, start a conversation. Oh, you're from Pittsburgh. Oh, I've been there. I like this food, like just whatever I could and connect with them in some way. And I just had to like force myself. I mean, I'm still that way. Like I, I'm not naturally an extroverted person, but if I force myself to come out of my shell, like yeah. I can talk to people, but it does not come easy. Yeah. I've kind of, um, I guess, Chris, would, what how, would you, do you think you're an introvert or an extrovert back then? And how uh, do you think that's changed now? <laughs> I was definitely an introvert. And then in college, it's funny, I took that like 16 personalities test in college. Yeah. Um, and I was 50-50. I was right on the line. Oh. And I recently took it again, like maybe a couple of years ago. And I got like 95% extrovert. So wow. I think, yeah, I think There's my time in college, like an introvert, but I'd be like, I bet people are surprised to hear you say that you're an introvert. Yeah. I think people conflate introvert with like, you're super shy and it's not that it's no, like, no. time to recharge. Like there's a lot of loud. Yeah. Because people are like, oh, you're so chatty. You're not an introvert, Mary. I'm like, yeah, no, I am. Like, I definitely need time to recharge and be alone. Yeah. It's about, it's about where you get your energy from and um, kind of just let's like bring it back to the movie. I actually would argue that Droop Josie is an extrovert. Yeah. Because you could tell how much she like, she thrived from like people giving her attention. Like so much that she like got herself stuck in these pranks. Well, in the- Versus I feel like like Aldi, Aldi's, was that her name? Yeah, Yeah, Aldi's. Aldi's, like, I think I would say she was more of an introvert. Like she just, as long as she was with her people, she didn't give a shit what those popular girl sayings. And, and yeah, I hear- yeah, she would well, have totally been popular at my school. When Drew Barrymore walked into her office, like in the beginning of the movie, when she walks in the office, she's like so confident. She has an assistant, she's yeah. in charge. She's like, I get unlimited stationary supplies. <laughs> I have my own desk. She's like, she's loving it. And she loves kind of being in charge and being a leader. And, and she advocates for herself. So I would agree yeah. that she's- Yeah, yeah. those are good she, she, like, She's not afraid of like telling her boss, like I've given you five stories. You don't give me any. And then it's interesting that they don't, um, they don't let her be a reporter. Mm. Um, so what do you guys, why do you guys think that they, her and Anita, who are kind of also, they had, Anita and Gus had ended up having a little romantic thing between them, <laughs> but I would say they were more of like the p- p- parental figures in this. Yeah, why do you guys think that like, even though she was this extroverted person who definitely had this like huge ambition, was clearly very smart, had her own office at 25 with an assistant. Why do you guys think that they were like so hesitant to let her be a reporter for the story? I think, well, one, they give the excuse that she, reporters need to get in the nitty gritty and get dirty and they don't think that she can do it. 
But honestly, they say that she's the best copywriter, the copy editor. And I'm like, that. <laughs> Like, they're like, you are the only one that can do this job and make sure there's no grammatical errors. In any of the- <laughs> so if we have you doing other stuff, then we can't have you do that. Like, I, I think oh that's God, kind that's of- so real. That makes sense. Unsensitive, you know? Maybe that I was going to go with, like, maybe they were, like, a little more protective because we don't see her parents at all. Like, this poor girl gets A. How are her parents not wanting to watch her prom day come pick her up? Yeah, good point. I mean, again, I not that I'm saying this uh, movie is like a paragon of, um, you know, realistic portrayal of journalism, because I don't think it is. But uh, Carissa could probably speak more to the like that side of it than I could. I just thought that it was sort of like a lot of it was luck based and she just hadn't been given her shot. And mm-hmm. Rickford did not know her name. The only reason he chose her for the story is because she did look y- the youngest person at that meeting. So it was like, okay, yeah. you could possibly go to high school. So she sort of lucked into the whole thing and then the consequences and like stakes kind of snowball because then it becomes Gus's job on the line too. And I, I mean, one of the funniest things to me if we ever talk about nitpicks, like just how much time and money was spent on this one feature story. Like I was like, what is the Sun-Times doing? Like they're sending the camera crew out. And uh, I read the review of the movie by um, Ebert and he's like, he actually, you know, reviewed movies um, for the Chicago Sun-Times and he had a really funny line I have to read um, that just kind of makes fun of, pokes fun at this. Meanwhile, Josie's adventures in high school are monitored at the Sun-Times through a remarkable invention, a brooch that contains a miniature TV camera and transmits everything she sees back to the office. We do not actually have such such technology at the Sun-Times and thank heavens or my editors would have had to suffer through baby geniuses. Savage, like even in the never history, just to do a huge dig at baby genius. That's so funny. Legend. But, I mean, there were these. Then I kind. This is just a little related. But one of the things that I felt this movie did brilliantly, like even though I, I when I started talking about this movie, it was a little cringy for me. I can't help like I would still give it really positive reviews because there were these things that it did where I'm like. Obviously, they had a great writing team behind them, but the whole fact that the whole office was like sitting and watching her and they had popcorns and they were like rude. And it was like a very interesting way to have a support cast rooting for the love interest, Mm -hmm. right? It wasn't in a cliche way out of that was like what, not even an anti-trope. That was just like a whole nother universe where they were like, I mean, Gus puts it the best. He's like, it's like Young and the Restless in there. <laughs> you would think they were watching the Young and the Restless. Well, and I thought it was nice that they were all rooting for her at the end. Like even the popular kids and these people oh, yeah. at the prom. I was like, oh, they are rooting for her and the teacher to get together. And like everyone, it seemed like in the movie that worked with her or went to school with her, they did recognize she was a good person. I thought it was a nice subtle moment that they even put in there. But with Aldis, when she still does clap for her when she gets prom queen, yeah. like, I'm so happy for her, even though they're not friends anymore. Yeah. And I thought that was like a nice little touch. It wasn't like, you know, we hate each other and I'm never forgiving her. It was like, no, she, she's like a nice person. It wasn't, it wasn't like the, what do you call it? Um, Regina George and, um, no, and, okay. um, and uh, what was her name? Uh, Lebanese. No, no. The Lebanese. Oh, Janice Ian. Janice Ian. It wasn't like Regina George and Gina Sienna was oh, like, I yeah, hate no. her. Don't say her name. 
Right, and she had a scene and also very pretty. I mean, I think sometimes that character, it's like they kind of frump her up, but I actually thought Aldis was like the most conventionally attractive, like, you know, even more so mm-hmm. than the quote popular girls. And it really, it really becomes like, I mean, those, can we talk about the 90s style for a minute? Oh my God, a yeah. cringe. Those lipsticks. I, the lipsticks, the hair. <laughs> so there's in the flashback where her friend is like, guess who's going to ask you to for Oh prom. yeah, I love her. She's wearing this turtleneck sweater with embroidered roses on it. And I'm like, how do I know this sweater? It is from the first pilot episode of Sister, Sister. When <gasps> Tia and Mori meet each other, yes! they're wearing that sweater. <laughs> yes! That is a deep cut. That was a deep fashion cut. <laughs> I thought it was funny. Like, it was a little wow. bit meta watching this movie take place in 99, which at that time was in real time. She didn't go back in time or anything. But then the flashback, it was like, making like they made all these references the 80s like the 80s almost better than the 90s fashion well they were all making fun of her for the 80s fashion right like she was like oh anita like anita tried to help dress her up to look cool but anita graduated in high school in like the 80s so <laughs> yes. she like looked terrible and i just thought it was a little bit meta watching these girls with awful fashion in the 90s making fun of her awful fashion oh, for the God. 80s you're so right and i was like <laughs> oh no, I think the worst outfit in the entire movie is from the 80s, and that's the prom dress. Oh my, oh my god, that metallic prom dress! <laughs> oh, yeah, that yeah. was like personally offensive. I thought you were gonna talk about all the crop tops, yeah, and the side pony, like for prom, like girl, no, and, and just, it was like, just a little bit <laughs> pink lipstick, like just terrible. Wait, though, okay, yeah. we have to we have to talk about the prom scene so our very first episode was 10 things I hate about you and we talked yeah. about how like any rom-com that takes place in high school has a quintessential prom scene this was no exception and at least and, and this was another brilliant thing with this movie and the writers is they at least like helped it made it easy for you to suspend your disbelief because they were like she goes what's the big deal with this high school and prom and they go oh like we're known for having like the best prom yeah. So I'm like, okay, they they like it's part of their culture. Like it's like they at least talk. They, they like in some ways like own it and like acknowledge the fact that it's like overdone. But like, was that prom or is that a Halloween party? I I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. I would I would be so mad if that was my prom theme because it was like a costume party. It was like, a costume. I thought I think, the, I think those three girls guy were like were the only ones that looked good. Like yeah, the kind of classic. Well, did you say, so Drew Barrymore, Sam Coulson, the teacher, and, and then Guy. also her date and Guy. Guy looked good. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you completely. Those three looked good. Everyone else looked like a hot mess. I, I did think, I think it was just part of, you know, it is a comedy film. So I think it was just part of the joke. And it was kind of fun to be like, oh, there's Sandy and Danny from Greece. Oh, there's, yeah. you know, Robin the hair or, whatever, or tortoise in the They're hair. They're probably also like, oh, like, yeah, we have to do a prom scene because it's a high school, it's a rom-com. But then they were probably like, let's make it our own. Yeah. Also kind of weird. Like there that- is no other rom-com with a prom nitpicks. scene like that. Why not to nitpicks, like the same song is playing from when she was dancing with Guy when she's talking to Coulson. So like, 
Dude, was she like, sorry, I'm gonna go get chocolate cake now in the middle of our first dance? Like, I just, I didn't understand that at all. I think they just didn't want to think of more songs. <laughs> you know, as someone who has uh, had a craving for chocolate cake, yes, she probably was like, I see that cake. It's as soon as we were announced, and I'm gonna go get it. Can we talk about how good that chocolate cake laced with THC looked? That was the best looking. The new cake has looked so good to me, Matilda. I mean, like, seriously, that cake was so lush. (laughs) That cake looks so good. That was a very, like, just say no ad. She gets high, like, he's just like, man, I don't love her. (laughs) (laughs) And then even the teacher's kind of laughing when she's, like, just going nuts dancing on stage. It's pretty funny. Um... Yeah, I mean that prom though was that was awful. That was like a yeah. like, that's a really good that's a really good observation you made that they just played the same song. Because they played three or four different songs in the prom scene. So I don't think it was like a licensing or money. Like this movie I think they were just being lazy. Budget, but I, I don't yeah, it just seemed lazy. And I thought it was interesting how Guy and if we talk about Guy more, I just thought it was interesting how they never kissed and he still considered himself to be dating her. And that they were a couple and like you know everyone knew he was gonna ask her well do you remember that's very middle school right in middle school you dated someone but like it was a big deal when you held hands and then also i mean again maybe i'm reading too much into this silly rom-com as i tend to do but i also was like maybe he's just very perceptive as these very popular people tend to be and he was kind of only putting in as much as she was and he sensed that she was like uncomfortable because he asked her to prom and then he immediately like leaves the bedroom and is like okay great see ya like it's not like this romantic super romantic thing at all you know mary you're so brilliant mm-hmm. <laughs> no because i'm like you're blowing my mind right now you're like because this was not how i perceived guy so earlier you kind of alluded to it where you were saying that like oh guy was a little bit of the prototype before I mean, 21 I, jump street before the jump, 21 jump street dave franco but the more you like say about him the more i'm like holy shit you're because at first i was like prototype's a strong word for like dave franco's <laughs> character I do, but like, now i'm like you're right like he he like he doesn't force himself onto he her he, and he tells her like I know you probably you've heard that I want to ask you to prom but like I want to ask and then he also does come up to like I think he is intrigued by her at the beginning he's just like she t- you're right I mean honestly if a guy like if the roles were reversed and it was like like I was in a guy's position and I went up to say hi to a guy and he started saying those weird things to me I would be like Ugh. well yeah. and honestly <clears throat> guy um I think he had a thing for like the weird girls because he wasn't dating the pretty popular girls. He wasn't. And the one person he really picked on was Aldis. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I I forgot about it. But every time I watch this movie, I'm like, they had chemistry. They had so much chemistry during that little dance. And Mm -hmm. I guess he isn't on it. But part of me always thinks that he isn't because he does seem into her when they're dancing. It's like he holds her closer than he does Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. he's I think yeah. he's like there could be like a side story like I was hoping that they would take that into a thing no, I'm so glad you said because even like when he goes out of his way to pick on her at the court I'm like why are you so like about this like it just is very odd that he goes into her car and kind of jeers at her and I'm just like I don't know I think sometimes when guys especially at that age like are that mean to you you have to wonder yeah um, but I don't know Helly. maybe they don't... I'm giving guys too much credit and uh 
No, because you know what? You're you're making a very good argument. I think, Mary, the more you talk about it, the more I'm like, you know what? I think you're right. And the whole dynamic between Guy and Aldi's, it's like very subtle, very little. But like when he first starts picking, like he comes, walks out of the court to pick. He knows what car she drives. The fact, I think when a guy gives you attention like that, like it means that they have some feelings. Now that means we still have to stop telling guys that it's okay to be mean to a girl if you like her. Like that whole, no, 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 no. that whole thing needs to I'm end. Sure we'll do, I'm sure we'll do, uh, he's just not that into you at some point. We'll get into that. But I do think it's interesting. Um, oh, wait, wait, she says that at Dash and, in Dash and Lily, right? When she does yeah. the whole stand up thing, she goes, they, someone goes, maybe he liked it. She goes, no, we have to stop telling guys. We do. We do. But I think, I say, but this isn't saying he's being mean. I'm saying the fact that he gave her attention, like he noticed her. And I don't and think he's actually, again, maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but I don't think he's actually that dumb. Like he says, if it's okay with the rest of the double helix, like he knows what they're supposed yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you think he's like a closeted nerd? I, I don't know. I just, I thought even the moment where, you know, she corrects him and, he, you know, he's like, you're like, the, you rock my world. And he says it twice. And she's like, yeah, you already said that. And he's like, yeah, I know. Like some of these people, like they're just so confident. You cannot rattle them. Like if you're a guy that looks like guy, the world, life is just going to be a little bit easier for you. I mean, the sombrero thing when she was late, did we not notice that guy was also late? Like later than she was? (laughs) You did not have to wear the sombrero. I was like, what the heck? (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Like now is nobody saying anything. You know, some guys just walk in the light. Um, yeah, I guess, Mary, then I'd like to go back and revise my statement. Like, you know, really? what, if, if that in terms of guy, when you asked, was there a guy at your high school? And I was like, no, I think it was because yeah. I was thinking of like, the jerk, like the popular jerk, right. who was like king of the high school and the king of our high school just wasn't like, he was just such a nice guy. Like some of those like pranks the, that guy did, like, he would never do. He was like, stand up for the little guy. But yeah. I feel like if I see Guy as that sort, then I'm like, yeah, the, our prom king was him. Like he was, yeah. Yeah. Um, Carissa, do you, like, wh- how, what did you feel? How, like, what was your insight into the Aldi's Guy character? Like, did you think, do you think that they, there's maybe something that's going to happen between them? Oh yeah, a hundred percent. So guy would be one of those, uh, people that like maybe like three or four years after high school graduation, he's going to like find her on Facebook yeah, and be like, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up? <laughs> like, how yes. Are you doing? Yes. You're so right. You're so right. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you, guys- oh, sorry. No, no, please you go ahead. You go ahead. Um, I was just going to say that in that, in that brief moment where he is asking her to dance, it, I I did feel that chemistry. The acting is so phenomenal in this movie. Yes. Yeah, no, it actually is. You feel their expression and their body language. Yeah. yeah there is like and, and Aldis Dev, like she can't deny she's attracted to him. Mm-hmm. Oh, and when she slipped off that like outer DNA and she was uh, in that spandex, I was like, girl, your body work it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Interesting trivia because I, I keep saying, you know, she's like the most attractive high schooler and she's supposed to be the nerd. She was offered the role of Kristen, which was the blonde popular girl that wasn't ah. just a short one. And she turned it down because she thought Aldis was more interesting character. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, she's she's they they definitely had to like work on frumping her up. Like they gave her the glasses, glasses with the chain on it, and like they exactly. they made an effort with they they had to frump her because she's kind she's of very more, pretty. Even more amazing that she's so pretty. She's at only sixteen. She's one only. Oh wow! She really wasn't wearing much makeup. She was the only one who her like her just general look, like her way she styled herself, would still run today. Like Jessica yeah. Alba. I mean, we all know Jessica Alba's beautiful. You know. All right, wait, well, let's, did, let's put that up. Dirty. They did her dirty with the styling. The But that 90s look, that's like a real thing. Oh mm. my God, it was so bad, guys. Yeah. Guys, it was so bad. What did we live through? Thank God yeah. my mom didn't let me dye my hair. I probably would have gotten that haircut. And all the gel. Do you remember how we used to make our hair so jelly? It was like crunchy. Mm-hmm. I didn't. <sighs> I, I definitely like see that in photos when I look back. Yeah, and the choker. I had the tattoo choker necklaces. Jellies. The jelly jellies. Shoes. Oh, jellies, jellies yes. Shoes. Oh, yes. my God. The style was, oh, that's one of those things that I hope rough. doesn't come back around. It was rough. Mm-hmm. It was a rough time. What were we thinking? And then, uh, Mary, though, I thought when we were talking about all the prom looks, I thought you were going to make a comment at all the crop tops because now this took another level of crop tops. Oh, they were just yeah. straight up wearing bikini tops. Those are not crop tops. Yeah, I mean, they, one of them was just wore a bikini to prom. I mean, going back to Mean Girls, I think what they talk about Halloween is very true. It's a sort of, you know, it's an excuse to wear a slutty outfit. And that's like what some of the people going to the prom ended up doing. Like it just, it looked kind of trashy. Yeah, including Rob who didn't wear pants. And nobody said anything. <laughs> Get my wallet. Where are you gonna put it? Yeah. <laughs> like, they just let him walk in in tidy whities and we're like, oh, he's Tom Cruise. It's totally fine. No issues. <laughs> yeah, like I, I mean, there's a lot of things I'm on board with, but I can't normalize not wearing pants like to high school dances. <laughs> One of my favorite. This is a sh- another shout out to Larissa, who um, our fans should be able to recognize. Um, she my favorite all one of my all-time favorite Halloween costumes is by Larissa and she was Judy Garland after later in life where <laughs> she wore she I mean she looked amazing she she, she um Larissa's a dancer so she had a gen- bunch of leotards oh. so she wore a leotard so she wasn't actually like pantsless she wore a leotard Okay. But she put her dad's blazer on and like had a bowler, like a top hat, like bowler cap, and carried around um, a flask. That's oh, clever. Yeah, she was so good. And remember, she showed up at my parents' house to pick me up for the Halloween party we were going at, and my dad's like, "Are you not wearing pants?" <laughs> and she like showed. She was like, "I'm actually wearing a leotard," which so for some reason is like okay. I mean, there was a rabbit if you saw that girl Sarah oh yeah I saw the rabbit she who was she in leotard and tights with the yeah, hair okay. with the football player uh, so oh rabbit in the ha- oh the turtle in the hair oh, sorry sorry hair. I keep saying I keep saying rabbit and hair I mean uh tortoise oh because I was like what what famous couple is that just, yeah just in the hair got it yeah. got it yeah. interesting we yeah, also we can't we can't not talk about the prom scene also without talking about Mary and Joseph that was hilarious. I'm sorry. There's just no room at this table. It's just <laughs> bad for them. It was just like the end. It's the end, right? I, I have to say, I laugh at that moment every time I watch that movie. It's so good. Now, um, the last thing I kind of want to talk about with with this is with the whole um, Aldis and Guy thing is I think that there it there it tugged at my heart 
in a special way that I've noticed that a lot of these rom-coms where you have the popular guy and the nerdy girl meet up like she's all that like that's another theme that we tend to see and um they kind of it was like what's left unsaid I think this movie did did kind of say a lot without saying things so I think that's one of those what's left I would put that I under the quote what's I, left unsaid Marissa but, made a really good point with him not dating any of the popular girls like you know it was implied he could date whoever he wanted um but yeah I mean what other movies do we know that kind of did that because I feel like that's one of those things that well I'm I will I fall for hook line and singer you speak of the podcast to all the boys I've loved before Peter oh yeah Clara Jean um although I wouldn't call her super nerdy but I also wouldn't call Rachel Lee Cook nerdy looking either I mean all these movies are a little bit you have to suspend your disbelief yeah but it's these girls but I think that's what we're kind of getting at is the girls aren't necessarily the popular girls it's not necessarily that they're really pretty it's that they're confident and there's I think a little bit of an oppressive factor to it Hmm. oh yeah they're a little bit oppressive if Hmm. you fear them I feel like a lot of movies fear as a factor right so like yeah they will physically or emotionally assault you in a way that you are going to be nice to them and that's why they're popular. That's so interesting. I, th- I think that's totally true. Especially, I think actually more for, um, for me from middle school than mm. high school. Like the popular girls were people that you were like afraid of. So you didn't cross them um, yeah. because you were afraid of them. So before we take our last break, Krissa, you're our mental health specialist. So what do you think... Um, do you take care of adults right now mostly? Uh, or kids? I, I worked with uh, kids ages three through 21. So this is right in the okay. age range. <laughs> okay, yeah, perfect. So I wanted to kind of see these, these teens that we see like, basically, I mean, they're bullies. And I think from Rob's story, we can get that they peak in high school. Um, what, what is your take on them as terms of like what kind of adults, like what do you, why do you think well why like why is this happening why like what do you think come first the fact that they peak in high school or is it is it that this kind of attitude that they have in high school leads to them into like that sort of adulthood or do you think that like why do you think that they're these bullies like what is your as a mental health care specialist when you see these dynamics that we see spans generations like I just love to hear your take on it well um I think the comedy duo Key and Peele captured it best and if anyone wants to youtube it's like keen peel um bully scene so oh, there's a scene. oh it's so good and and the bully like you know there's an a quote-unquote nerd reading on the steps and a bully comes over and he knocks the books out of his hands and he's like why'd you do that and he goes well because i'm reading at a third grade level and when i <laughs> see someone reading for fun it makes me mad and like the he's just asking him like why he's bullying him and he's like I think I'm confused and having sexual feelings for some other guys in the locker room. I'm confused. <laughs> and um, I really think it is, it's their own insecurities and issues. And I actually worked with a teenager that was really bullied in school. And um, so me and um, their uh, in-home therapist were working on like ways they could help with them. And the in-home therapist said, you know what, next time they say something, just turn around and say, you know, I'm getting help and you need it too. And I can tell you're just bullying me because you're insecure. And they did that. Wow. The class. And what ended up happening was <laughs> they had two other girls come up next to them and say, 
yeah, you do do that. Maybe you should stop bullying people. And it created this whole high school thing where they had um, a, a bullying um, assembly and had speakers come in just because that one person stood up to the bully. And I think it's so true. Like it's the insecurities of a bully. Um, and usually they're a bully for a reason. Like what's going to go on at home? Yeah. What's happening at home? Why are they feeling that insecurity? That's so true. Mm-hmm. Wow. And um, unless they do get help for it, it can lead into that adulthood or until they get away from that environment that made them feel no that's that's so true I mean my mom used to say that all the time like are their parents together if someone was being mean to me at school because it's like it rarely does the bully come from like this loving happy happily married two-parent family maybe sometimes they do but there probably is something going on at home as you alluded to yeah Yeah. that's so Mm -hmm. interesting and that's a really beautiful story like the fact that this kid that was being bullied ended up being an impetus for change yes. and like by talking openly about it. And I mean, when I started seeing getting like mental health care, I started actually talking much more openly about it too, because you know what, to be honest, I probably would have started getting care earlier if more people talked about it and it didn't feel like a taboo. So then I was just like, you know what, like, this is a change I want to see. Like maybe I should be like, instead of waiting for someone else to change it, like I'm just going to do it and what happens okay and then you know I don't think it's hurt me if anyone's not talking to me because of it I have no idea (laughs) there's plenty of other reasons to not talk to me so if that's one of it I have no no clue um so we're gonna take one last break and um we'll we'll do some lightning round questions and from and conclude our show so we'll be back soon And welcome back to all the rom-coms I've loved before. Uh, So we are gonna conclude this episode with kind of like a new segment we're doing, a lightning round. There's like, in case you guys haven't caught on from all our previous episodes is that Mary and I, and oftentimes our guests have a lot to say about these movies and we could go on and on and on. And so (laughs) to kind of help make our episodes a little more digestible, maybe not so intimidatingly long. Um, We decided and said that we're gonna, we like the type A people we are, we have to put time restraints on. So we're gonna do a lightning round. I'm gonna put 15 minutes on the clock and I'm gonna shoot questions. And um, anyone that's answering, you have a two minute limit and then I'm cutting you off. I love you, I promise I wanna hear everything you say, but, we have to make these episodes shorter than the actual length of the movies. We're, we're trying. I, we, we've, we've already lost with, we, we've already lost. I'll tell you that on this one, but every day we get a little bit better. Um, that's our goal. Just, you know what? That's, that's been my pandemic mantra. Just every day, try and be like a little better from the day before. I think, I don't know. What do you think, Chris? You're not my mental health specialist. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great mantra to have. Thanks. I like that. <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna put this timer 15 minutes. Um, I'm gonna pull up some of my questions. Um, all right, and we'll let me put this. Okay, all right, so we're gonna ready, set, all right, go. All right, Carissa. Does this, te- does this movie stand the test of time? Is this movie uh, re- remakeable? It is remakeable. It's going to have to have some technology. 
Well, I feel like the technology that they have was too advanced for the time. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It is definitely remakeable. I think that they'd have to definitely tweak it, but um, it's, you know, it's one of those cute movies that you can't help but love. Um, Mary, in this age of like trying to be original without actually having to do anything original, if you were to remake this movie, what twist would you give it? I mean, the easy, obvious one would be a gender twist, like a okay. guy that was uncool and a female teacher. Although I think that's problematic for anyone who's seen Hulu a teacher, you know what I mean? Like it's one dynamic when it's a, a male teacher and a female student, and it's quite another when it's actually the opposite. Which um, I know is a little bit sexist. Yeah, I know, but um, but that would be one or like have her have a different career where she'd have to go undercover a la 22, uh, 21 Jump Street. Um, they go undercover for like a totally different job, but it's still, they have to go kind of back to school. Um, yeah, I think that would probably be my twist. I think that the movie itself is very well executed and it's not one of those movies where I'm like, you know what I really want is a Never Been Kissed remake. Like I'm good with this one. Mm-hmm. I think Drew Barrymore is very charming in it and it'd be hard to like, it'd have to be someone with a lot of star power to top her performance in this. Cause I think it's really, I think she's really cute in it. Mm-hmm. Okay, next one, Mary. Does this movie pass the Bechdel test? Yes, I'm glad you asked. Um, I was thinking about it. Her and Aldis talk about their hopes and dreams and they don't talk about boys at all. And then I think with the popular girls, they only ever talk about boys. So I thought that was an interesting contrast. Um, and then she even talks with Anita about, you know, like her job aspirations. So I think I think it does, yeah. Wonderful. Um, yeah, I think that's like a really interesting remark that like the fact that the Bechdel test was passed in between in the scene between the two girls that are probably the more, um, I mean, feminist of them. And I really, I, and I don't mean to say that the three popular girls are not feminist because they're beautiful or care about looks. I think that's also a no. thing that we have to get out. You can be beautiful. You can care about I, looks and image yeah. and still be, and still be a feminist. I, but I, I think the point just, was that they, they lit, they cinch their identity with guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, I think that's just, more like the statement versus Aldis didn't care about having a boyfriend. She's one of those girls in high school um that and I hate to say like I was kind of like this but I kind of was she just didn't care about having a boyfriend it wasn't a big part of her identity or something that she thought about I think there are a lot of girls like this that are very self-assured even in high school and they're like yeah I know it's gonna get better like I this is kind of a temporary thing and that was kind of how she was she was like already thinking about Northwestern and, and what she wanted to do and she had all these other hopes and dreams and I really thought that was interesting part of her character cool um all right Carissa what was your favorite trope in the movie? Or can you can list a few, but um, tropes go. Um, uh, the makeover. <laughs> oh yeah, good, good one. I didn't think of that. But one. that was a makeover that didn't go well. Yeah, yeah. well, there was two like makeovers, a, right? Yeah, she did have she two makeovers. Herself into what she thinks is going to be a popular high schooler and then but she then actually she has is. takeover where she learns and has to actually adapt to it um yeah so that's always my favorite I don't know why I think it's like transformation is such a wonderful part of people's lives in general and I think high school is all about transformation so I love when there's like a makeover box clueless one of my favorite scenes ever I think is the clueless makeover scene I think it's so good yeah yeah so I really like it and I like when she comes back and you can notice the progression of her character because in the beginning of the movie she's very frumpy she has like kind of like 
dowdy hair. Um, and then when she goes back to high school, she's like very yeah, 80s, big feathered yeah. hair, yeah. like awkward clothing. And then she becomes into like this 90s cool girl where she has like the cute little yes there's a good progression with her fashion and styling and like coming into her own i totally it's it's interesting too that she goes blonde yeah she looks so much better i mean you do stand out like yeah she did stand out you know in the beginning of the movie in chicago and that blonde woman did (laughs) (laughs) that was a really funny scene and then and um the teacher's girlfriend is blonde yeah 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 Right. That was a funny, point. that was a really good writing too, where she was like, you would never you notice me. And then the camera focuses on the wrong way. She goes, see, I told you. They made the teacher's girlfriend such a shrew too. She's yeah. just like, get this out of your system. I have tickets to the Metropolitan Opera. Like she was just- And then when she goes, oh, I love baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cute. But yeah, that's actually, I remember when I first saw this movie, when it first came out in theaters, that was one of my dad's issues with it was he was like, I would never believe Barrymore's a wallflower you know but I thought they did a good job with the styling yeah I think I think they especially when she was wearing that like lipstick that was a weird color when she shows up on her bad lipstick choices but then later I mean when she was by the time she was standing on the on the mound of the the pitcher's mount I mean she looked stunning she looked great and it wasn't even so 90s like I was like I would do my hair like that now Mm -hmm. I would wear that dress now yeah yeah um, do you guys remember also at that one point um, with the different colored nail polishes? No. Yes. <laughs> yes. With the white outfit. Yeah. And they were all different pastels. Oh, that's yeah, so funny. It's so funny because that's all. something that has come back. Yeah, that mm-hmm. has come back. All right. Next question. Um, Carissa, would you date the male lead? Oh, God. Mr. Mr. Coulson. Mr. Mr. Coulson. Um. <laughs> yeah he was very attractive well I don't know it's kind of like awkward too because you're like oh he was attracted to a student but at the same time like he wasn't really doing anything wrong I know I like when he's like yeah so I'm supposed to be happy it was okay it turned out okay I'm gonna propose something to you guys Mm -hmm. this is in a whole nother genre it's a whole nother so I Mary tell me what what Shakespeare story it was but there's one where a woman dresses as a man and her love interest is confused because he's attracted to her and he thinks yeah. she's a man and is like, am I gay? I don't know. I'm very confused. It's, and it's, it's because love they're... does not recognize when you're attracted to someone, it doesn't recognize these like disguises. Well, they're reading as you like it. And Rosalind dresses up as a man in that movie. Um, so there's that. And then I think you're thinking of Twelfth Night. Oh yes, Twelfth uh, Night. Yeah. And there's this whole thing where he's like, am I, I'm attracted. And I, I've right, seen right, that, right. I've seen that theme before. It was in this other book I read called Pirates, where almost the male, the love interest is relieved when she comes out because he's like, I, this well, whole time I thought I was gay. Well, she's the man, which is based on Twelfth Night. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> uh, that's, that's another one. But yeah, I mean, interesting casting tidbit that I forgot to mention in the trivia about the teacher Drew Barrymore fought for him. They, it was like his first big studio movie and they didn't want to go. Oh, really? Yeah. There was, an inter- there was an interview with him from 2017. He was like, when I auditioned for Never Been Kissed a million years ago, and he's still very attractive, rest assured. Um, he looks fabulous. You know who's not attractive? Guy? Yeah, he looks awesome. Ugh, what a way to live up to the stereotype cliche of the guy who peaked in high school. It's so disappointing. But yeah, Mr. Coolson, I mean, But his story, but the, that's the whole point, right? His story wasn't, he wasn't supposed to peak. He was yeah, going to no, no, no. 
so okay so we would all date mr coulson then is that what we're saying yeah yeah we would all date mr have you and you guys remember an an alias he was so hot i've never seen alias he's i mean i really only watched it for him like and (laughs) i remember actually the season i stopped watching it was when spoiler alert jennifer gardner's character go like she's somehow she gets something happens with her head she gets kidnapped something and then she comes back back to her normal identity and he's moved on from her and then i was like fuck this shit and I stopped watching the show. Yeah, oh my god, you did, you did really strongly care for him. Well, I just wanted to show Drew Barrymore made this movie better, not only as the star, but also being a producer and having oh, the eye that he would be a good Sam. So this was her first movie uh, with her production company. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, all right, next question. Um, would we be friends with a female lead? I think that's, I have a suspicion, but what are your answers? Go. Yeah, I'd also want to be friends with Elvis. I'm just putting that out there. Chris, how about you yeah I want to think about this actually because I think in some ways um I would be but in some ways I wouldn't I feel like um I feel like (laughs) so would I guess let me ask you this because you identified with her character Mm -hmm. so why don't you answer when you were 25 or when you no let's put when you were 17 would you have been friends with her Oh, yeah, with 17 year old Carissa 100%. so now is 30 something year old Carissa would be friends with her I think I think yeah I would be I think I would be like sometimes a little bit um because she gets she gets kind of too influenced by those around her sometimes mm. like yeah when she went back to the, the the news studio and she was like oh yeah that's totally Rufus my my story is they did a good job of showing her drinking her own Kool-Aid a little bit too much which does happen I think if you're super popular but I loved when he was like you didn't get this story together I'll Rufus you right out of here like, <laughs> you know what he means wait wait can we talk about the fact that Rufus is Fetch. Yeah. yeah. So what's the ter- yeah. what's the term? It's the it's the not not used prototype earlier, but it's another. It's like a it's a forward. It's a I think a premonition girls, to fetch. Mean Girls took a lot from this movie, whether it was conscious or not. Even down to the math. So like I said, I was on math leads, math team, whatever in high school. Oh, the math leads. It was never as exciting as it seemed like in this movie or Mean Girls or Freaking <laughs> Games. They made, they made it look so high stakes. What it was was they divided you into teams. You went to a room. You took a quiz, and then it got great. <laughs> like score you like that's what the it was. denominators the denominators but that wouldn't have been that wouldn't have been like as exciting on screen and you had to wear the sweater like they had their letterman oh jacket. no so there was this girl casey on the math team and she always joked about getting jackets and like well we should get math team jackets and i said at one of the practices i wouldn't wear it everyone laughed <laughs> and then that was it we didn't get jackets all right next one um what do you guys feel and this is maybe something this is more telling to me as a person, but do you guys feel at the end there was any resolution when it comes to the bullying? Like you cannot ignore the bullying in this movie. Yeah. Do you feel like, do you feel re- that that was resolved? I mean, they're still sitting in their cliques, right? Yeah. Like, but I liked that they all co- came together to root for Drew Barrymore. And I thought that kind of sent the message like, you know, these are all basically good people that are living in this weird insecure fishbowl that is high school. And it's not forever, but you know, just because of her story, no, I don't think bullying went away in that big high school. Mm-mm. What about Carissa? What do you think? Like, no, no, I don't think it did in the high school. I think for the senior class, they were already 
like to the point where they're graduating and going to move on. So it was easy to come together to root for that. Yeah, that's a good point. That, that does kind of happen too, I feel like. Yeah. But do you feel like her calling everyone out at prom? Because I mean, the, the three girls do get that dog food all over them. And then the DJ you know is what? like, can someone go ho- hose off the Aldos? Which also took me a while to figure out why they kept calling someone Aldo. It was the dog food. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I in watching it this time, I was like, oh, they kind of just brushed by that scene. Like she gives this big speech and then they're like, okay, well back to dancing. And like, you know, everyone's kind of laughing and it just is sort of, I don't know how much it resonated with them. What do you think, Carissa? As someone who works for these ages, yeah. do you think that someone giving a speech like that, like someone I who's think- 25, when she comes down, is like, I'm 25. <laughs> like, you guys are assholes. That, hey, did you notice he leaves as soon as she says that? He doesn't stick around for anything else that she has to yeah. <laughs> Which is a little bullshit, but whatever. Carissa, yeah, what do you think? As a, as, a, as an expert in this age group, do you think uh, her speech, like in reality, would have made like a difference for these people? I think it really depends on the kid, right? So it's, I feel like if you, when they pan the crowd as she's speaking, there are some people that do have that look of like shame and and guilt. And then mm-hmm. there's some people who are just like really not paying attention or just are, or, or are more shocked and stunned that there's like a 25 year old that infiltrated their high school. <laughs> right, um, right, right. This also- this like, also makes me think about um so we talked about 21 jump street like the fact that you have an adult infiltrate a high school but did you guys see 22 jump street i did i liked it better well when he goes when she he goes ha huh, we're actually cops infiltrated we're not in our 20s and she goes duh we know that you guys yeah. look old as fuck <laughs> <laughs> so- <laughs> we know that it always makes me cry but that's interesting you say that so we talked a lot about the guy is a really interesting character as someone who's like not the guy you're supposed to root for um he's a little bit opposite from um that the the similar role in 10 things i hate about you would you say carissa do you think he got the message from from her speech do you think he's gonna do you think he will genuinely ask like aldis out or do you think like do you think he'll maybe try and be more of a model for change now that he's going to leave that environment? I do. I do think that for some reason, like I, he did, like you said, Mary, like he's very smart. And yes, I, I stated by the fact that he had like six kind of guy minions, including James Franco that just followed him yeah. around. Ever. It was such a weirdly star-studded cast. Um, yeah, it was. <laughs> everyone who came on, you were like, oh, there's a guy. Like, I know them. Like everyone- When James Franco showed up, I was like, James Franco? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Total opposite freaks and geeks too, where he's like a burnout. Because James Franco, he looks like he'd be a popular kid. He doesn't. Yeah. And also it's funny because then in 21 Jump Street, his brother, Dave Franco's in it and plays a popular guy. Yeah. I mean, they just, they're so, the jawline, you can't be unpopular with that Oh my jawline. God, so handsome. Uh, but I, I, it's an interesting question because I did like the last scene where she talks about how, you know, every high school has that guy. And there's that moment of him kind of just like, taking it all in and I I don't know it's a kind of I wonder what you guys think is going through his head like he stops he's in the high school he's like high-fiving people and then he kind of like just looks around before he walks in yeah Chris um what do you think Chris do you think like he do you think because you were saying that you if you looked on the crowd you could see for some people it resonated with them for some people they had a feeling of shame for some people mm-hmm. but which what category would you put him under I, I would probably put him in the feeling of like 
kind of more like self-reflection for him um Mm -hmm. because I don't think he was outwardly ever mean to Josie he just kind of like he did say are you special ed but he was there was a moment where he's like no like I'm seriously asking he's like are you (laughs) yeah I don't I don't want maybe it was I don't want to bully someone who's special ed that's a whole nother level bullying yeah so I think I think in in he kind of with that speech towards the end where he was like looking around at the high school um he recognized that this is kind of his time of shining and he might never get that in the future yeah he was taking that in and being like oh this is like a moment where I can can be on top and feel like I have all this influence and might not always have it so I think he was just absorbing it and I love that I, I love that because nobody's more socially aware than the most popular kid in the school that's kind of like they have to almost be a professional at it because that's how they sort of get to where they are and oh, that's uh, our timer yeah yeah that's no, it's interesting. I, no I we can actually keep going this there's no no no, no. I was just gonna but say I'm, I'm, I was just I feel like that that's a really great great note to end on but continue okay. Mary no, no, no. I was just going to say, there's this book that I love um, called Prep by Curtis Sittenfeld and the, the protagonist, the author, narrator, first person of the story is like, you know, just very uncool girl. And she talks about how she feels when she's around the most popular guy, this guy named Darden. And it's like, everything he says is so smooth and everything she does is so awkward, you know, like, and yeah. I think there are people like that just, you know, they're so kind of socially good that just being around them, you feel kind of like, oh, like I'm not on the same level. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with everything Chris has said. We can move on from Guy. I, 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 could talk, <laughs> I could talk about him more, but I won't. That's a whole podcast. I mean, he is a very interesting character. And yeah, I like I said, so. like very different from the character, the, the similar role uh, in 10 Things I Hate About, where he's just like very one, one, like, like one dimensional. I think he is a very multi-dimensional character. Yeah, he doesn't come on too strong. He plays the guitar and looks in her direction. And that's kind of enough. Like it's, I don't know. And even though she's 25, the, the, there is still that rush of the most popular guy in school liking you. I think that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, so I can say, I honestly felt like I want it like I'm I've recently discovered I'm a little bit of a vengeful person I really like I believe in justice and okay. it's probably no wonder one of my bigger role models is Batman okay. <laughs> like I think in another universe I would have been a vigilante I love like Batman no, I, I love Robin Hood I, I, I love all these things so I I like I val- like these are things that I like value so I was kind of like, I want to see those bullies expos and the newspaper, blah, 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 blah. But then at the end, like over, as I finished watching it, I was like sitting down with Ricky and talking about like, he was like, what was your take on it? Like, how do you feel now? And it was just like, made me reflect on myself. And I was like, I really wanted this. But honestly, like the fact that at the end, all these people came together to cheer her on for something as innocent and sweet as a kiss. First kiss. Like, I was like, maybe that's more uniform, like maybe like getting vengeance on them and like to shame someone isn't the answer sometimes. And maybe like the point of justice is to be able to move on. And if they can move on without a sense of like punishment or shame and Mm -hmm. move on because they were able to all come together for this kiss, like, I don't know, it just made it, it was just like maybe that's better even if I even if it's less satisfying for that like 
tyrant in me. Are you are you familiar with the expression "revenge is a dish best served cold"? Yeah, like, I think they do get they do get their comeuppance. It's like they're not always going to be the popular kid and the big fish in the small pond. You know, I think that's that's sort of implied at the end. But yeah, you're right. There's no like justice in the moment. But you yeah. hope that everyone becomes a better person after this. Yeah, movie. I think maybe like at some point I'd be like maybe that feeling I was looking for isn't a good feeling and that it's like what do you call it's like that it's really just a serotonin rush I'm looking like it feels good to hate Mm. but at the end like what really feels good long term is is um you know something that's maybe better for the bigger picture and it probably is like better for the community and they say that for the newspaper he was like all these people that read the chicago tribute and they're all coming together watch this kiss for some reason that line stuck with me too i I like that you quoted it because i i thought that was a nice line cavalina that's what the line (laughs) (laughs) that one too (laughs) that's he's so that was our 15 minute lightning round i kind of just i feel like you know we ended ended kind of talking about this this kiss um I mean unless there's something like anything lingering you guys want to add any burning questions I don't have burning questions but I do have to do a quick shout out to my sisters because we for some reason this is one of those movies that we like quote all we quoted all the time growing up whether it was in context or not so there were so many lines in this that I was like oh my gosh like Lisa and Jen and I like would say these to each other all the time so I'm going to quickly rattle off Josie Grossi like he's like oh do you remember what they called you in high school he's like I know I I didn't know I I made it up I didn't know like it did like we love that line we love that you know you can't just come in here and be popular in a day uh, for some reason, we really liked some of the guy lines. Like when, you know, uh, I think it's Mr. Coulson says under the sea and he's like, oh, it's been done. Like we say that all the time. <laughs> if someone has a bad idea, we'll be like, oh, it's been done. And then finally, Jessica Alba at the end, that is so wrong. Like just when she's like, you know, I can't believe he didn't show up. Cause there is a horrible moment yeah. where you think he's not going to show up. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, oh, and yeah. And that was, I think that was meaningful that it was coming from one of the mean girls. Yeah. Like they that one really of the mean girls her. was like, that was, and I think, I don't know, that actually made me feel, and what I was looking for in a, in a bad way in the form of vengeance, I think ended up coming out in a really beautiful form. Yeah. Like Jessica mm-hmm. Alba was like, yeah. that's like wanted this girl that she was bullying before to get her kiss. Yeah. And then we also, we, we always really liked the And graduate. defended her, was defended her. That is we so always, wrong. That is yeah. a, that is a, I mean, there was good, sass behind that. That yeah. was a nice. Yeah, Jessica Sorry, was good I, no, I think she was good in this. And then we also always liked the graduate reference when oh, yeah. she's, she's giving him, him guff for going on a date with a 16 year old. And then guy is like, will you go to this bedroom with me? And he's like, see you around the cell block, Mrs. <laughs> I always think that's funny. And then that go- made me laugh out loud. And again, yeah. like the writing, even though I, I can't deny that the movie made me cringe a lot. But not in a bad way, not in a way to give it negative remarks. It was just like, yeah, ooh, so nostalgic it was all the feelings. I think the writing in it was really good. Yeah, the screen- had a solid team of writers behind yeah, it. Yeah, it was really good. And I, we should look up actually what else they've written because the names did look familiar to me. And then actually, I always love when the, like, the last scene is really good. And I thought this was like one of the best last scenes ever in a rom-com. 
And I really mm-hmm. like the lines of how he's like, oh, I, it took me forever to get here. And she's like, I know what you mean. She means like her whole life. And he means like to get there today. Like, <laughs> it's just very cute. And oh, that was my unanswerable question. Why do you guys think he was late? Did he A, not read the article, B, start moving and then had to break up with his girlfriend? And or was there still- No, they were already broken up. They were already broken up. Okay, but then why is he moving? So we noticed, I think because, I don't know, that that's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Unanswerable questions. One, why is he moving? Two, yeah, what, so we actually see he keeps missing seeing the article. He's using newspaper right, to wrap up his right, hockey trophies. Right, right. I'm like, when did he read the paper? When did he read I the paper? I think someone called them. Someone was like, that oh, makes sense. How do they know? Yeah. Yeah. But I guess he had to come back and wrap that statue. He did finish wrapping his statues. Why, okay, but why was he late other than like dramatic tension? Do you think that he- I mean, he's in the middle of moving. Have you guys, do you guys remember moving? Yeah, he also obviously had to change because he was not in like a good outfit. He's probably like, oh, fuck. Yeah, he's like, oh, I got a shower. It's going to be traffic. And also like, that, that's a long article. It's not like, oh, Josie wrote this article. I have to run over there. He like has to read the article and it's at the end of the article. And it's like, this is a big part of the paper. You're crying. You're cracking me up. It's probably like, oh, my <laughs> I want to do the E for explicit on this episode. But yeah, um, I just was curious why you guys thought he was late. Yeah, I think it was uh, probably traffic. <laughs> probably like he didn't have a ticket and they were like, we're sold out <laughs> for the game. And he's like, but you don't understand. <laughs> There's a whole backstory here. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> he had low blood sugar. He was like, I gotta stop and get something before I go because I'm gonna pass out. You know, could be a really big. <laughs> Then you have to like get a breath mint. Like you can't, one does not simply eat before a first kiss. Oh like, yeah, no, pressure. oh my God. Oh, I'm glad you said that because it reminded me of something. I love that you just went for the kiss, like first thing. Oh like, yeah. That was like the right call. That was such a good kiss. I think that was their first kiss I, during the whole heart, movie. They my, ended heart, up my heart's, yeah, I like these innocent movies. My heart stopped beating during that kiss. Mm. You can skip to beat. Skip to beat. You that had a so premature ventricular complex. Yeah, it was really good. It's really good. Um, okay, so uh, I do. I want to end this episode with okay. us, sh- each of us, sharing our best, our best first kiss story. And I'm gonna put it out there and say, if we're in a current relationship, it can it has to exclude our partner because that's like not fair. Like we're both. So Ricky, if you're listening to this, you are. I, I'm literally not allowed to talk about our first kiss and Krissa you too I know you're dating someone seriously I am going to give a plug to our kissing booth episode because I think I share my best first kiss story in that episode and you have to go back and listen to it oh Mary pulling a power move I'm also going to add on to that you your... do you remember that story didn't you think it was a good story do you know what I'm talking yeah about? that was a very yeah. good story yeah so yeah. yeah that's a very good story you should go back and listen to that episode I actually I think even though that episode is, is different think- from every other episode we've done in that we intentionally did a bad rom-com. <laughs> That's the episode I direct all our new I listeners to. I won't tell to. you where it is, oh, but I think, it's pretty, I think it's pretty late in the episode, right? I mean, you should just listen to the whole thing. It's hilarious. Listen to the whole thing because Steve is hilarious. But yeah, I'm not going to tell the story again because I did tell it on the Kissing Booth episode and I think it was my best first kiss. <laughs> go back and listen to that episode if you haven't. It's so good. All right, Chris, there you go. What was your best my best first kiss was um, i mean you had a really great um <laughs> never kiss 
He had a great yeah, no, like that, what, what could have been a kid. That without it being a kiss, that made my heart. That that never was kissed gave me also. I'm I'm, not, I'm so mad at myself because I can't think of them right now, but I know there's multiple movies where the guy is like, I want to be your first kiss. Mm-hmm. That's totally Which oh, is a little I have a little bit of icky feeling with I know that, you do. But, I know, I know. But I still Chris has just that <laughs> for for yeah. something that never happened, like that legit gave me made my yeah. heart skip a beat. But okay. What yeah, was, was your best first kiss? Oh, it was just um uh a date, um, probably our third date at a botanical garden so we're in oh, like nice. the middle of rose gardens and no one's around and we're like standing under this trellis and then they just grabbed me from behind and like twirled me around and kissed me and it was, oh my god, god. Yeah. And it was such a good kiss too i was like oh my god this is like my knees I almost love that oh my god that's such Carissa. a good yeah that was a good one <laughs> so good love oh. that well, okay, I'll tell you, Chris, I'll tell you my story offline so you don't have to suffer through the kiss. <laughs> no, Chris but, is a regular listener. Now sure. I'm true, true. But now I want to hear how he is. Okay, really so good. mine was in Italy. Ooh. This is the kiss that, like, the one that you, like, close. Okay, so I met an expat. He was an American, but okay. he was living in Italy, learning how to make told, shoes. Yeah, I think you told me about this person, yeah. And um, how we met was I was at the top of the bell tower and I was traveling solo at the time. I was doing like a very eat, pray, love thing. And um, I asked him to take my picture. We ended up chatting. He had a friend with him. Um, I ended up like joining him and his friends um, around Florence. Like we ended up like going around places. His friend was really talented at cutting lines for some reason. So we ended up cutting the line into these gardens. Um, And it was also during the World Cup and U.S. just happened to be playing Belgium. And so we ended up meeting up later to watch the U.S. game together. And like him and I, like I definitely had some chemistry with him. I thought he was attractive, but I actually thought he was gay. And later that night, his friend like comes up to me, and goes Too like. Too much time in Europe. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> his friend comes <laughs> up to me and he goes, he's not gay. <laughs> And I go, what? And he goes, a lot of people think he's gay. He's not gay. And I go, oh. There's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. Why do a lot of people think that? Oh, he's, I think he was just like very confident in sexuality. He, there's actually another thing. He may or may not have had Kleinfeld. <laughs> oh my God, you did tell me about that. <laughs> All right, for you non-medical, just look up Kleinfelters. It's, they sometimes they have a very feminine look about them, but he, he wasn't, he wasn't like, he was, you know he was what else they have guy. about them? Yeah. Yeah. Just, just look it up. Um, so, but I was attracted to him. And then, so I started like being a little bit more forward with my interest. So then, you know, we go to the bar after the game, us lost, we were upset, whatever. We're drinking a ton. And then we go okay. to this bar. Um, that was a karaoke bar. And by the end of this, like at one point we're standing there like watching his friend do karaoke and he's like hugging me from behind. So I'm like, okay, like, cool, cool, cool. He's like into me, cool. And um, I go up. So we, we also said we each had to do our karaoke solo. We couldn't like lean on each other high. So like terrifying. we were going up there solo. Yeah, it was terrible. And it wasn't in a private room. This was in public. Oh my God. So I go up there and I do my most favorite song, Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. I like think I'm rocking it and I'm like so excited I did this thing I did this thing solo I went up there I faced my fear of public I'm like a huge like I just told you guys how like I was so shy that people thought I was standoffish 
because I just like didn't like talking to people. I did this thing. I jumped off the stage. I was like, I can't believe I did this. I basically like ran into him and he grabbed my face and kissed me. Oh, the face grab. Oh, oh my God. And like we, story. it was so good. And it ended up, he like walked me home or my Airbnb. And um, it was like one of those, like, I mean, I almost wish like someone got our picture because it was like we were like this empty street, like with that the cobblestones kissing. It the, now it just lives in the memory, you know? Yeah. It's kind of better. And just so I don't feel like a total like awful person, I will say though, of course, the kiss that beats that one is my first kiss with Ricky. Sure, sure. I, and I'm not just saying that, like, it was a pretty good first kiss. You told that story on the Kissing Booth episode, too, I think. Yeah, so go back and watch that episode. I just to just listen to Kissing Booth. Yeah, you just have to go. But that, now that we've talked about Never Been Kissed, go back and watch the Kissing Booth. No, no, don't watch the movie. Just listen to our episode. Yeah, it's more entertaining. I, pr- I promise you. Yeah. Like, it costs a heck of a lot less to produce. Um, yeah. Okay, well, so I, I think, think, we'll, I think we'll end on that note. Show. Um, Krista, thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast, and I hope you do it again. You know, it yeah, really keeps, continues to be a pattern with us that our guests are just so well-matched with the movie. And I think in this case, it was a really surprising aspect, but there was a lot of psycho, like um, psychoanalytical psych psychoanalysis to be done with this movie yeah um so we really appreciate your expertise and also as someone who you were that person that could like jump clicks like that's amazing um I can't wait to meet you in person um once this pandemic's over uh but thank you so much for joining us yeah thank you guys for for having me this was so fun oh my gosh anytime all right and thank thank you to our listeners um if you guys have any Yes. Any suggestions, questions, any movie you want us to do, please email us. If you have any possible ideas, those answers to those unanswerable questions, <laughs> why was he late? And we'd also <laughs> love, love, we'd love to hear, we'd also, if you have a really awesome, either first, worst first kiss story or yes, best first kiss story, please share. It, we will read it on the pod if it's good. We will read them on the pod if it's good. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Oh, 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 oh,